Hey everyone, and welcome to the NovaCast, a Digimon rewatch experience. I'm Sloan. I'm Scrafty. And I'm Tom. And today we have episodes 28 and 20... 27, 28? 28, 29? 28, 29. 28, 28, 29. 28, 29. I don't know what's happening anymore. Starting off, starting off incredibly well. I look, my brain is so focused on all the lore we're going to talk about that, like, everything else has been forcibly shoved out. Like, I don't know. Like, who are you people? Like, I, everything <laughs> else is just yes. out of my brain except for this, like, specific Digimon lore. It's like that one yes. episode of SpongeBob, except instead of actual useful life skills, it's Ryo Akiyama lore. Yeah, I mean, that, that's it's more useful than being a fancy Mater D, so. <laughs> I have an icebreaker at parties. It's the worst icebreaker, but. <laughs> I knew I only remember the episode title, uh, the episode number so clearly this time because this is the first time where I had to watch an episode. Then it, then it was like, oh, you've 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 watched all the episodes for this disc, and I'm like, okay, great. So then I had to swap discs, and not even not even swap discs. So like the Digimon uh, box set that I've got, the Tamers box set has, it's like a larger case, and then there's like two DVD cases inside, and there's four discs in each one. So not only did I get to the end of the disc I was currently on, I got to the end of that box that I was on, uh, that 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 uh, collection, I guess I don't know what to call it. That, that half of the that box edition, set basically the had to like, yeah, sure. So I had to like put the get the disc out, put it in the case, put to get the actual main case put that in, pull out that one, get the other disc out. I'm making it sound like a lot more work than it was, what it really wasn't, but it was still like, you know, it was like, oh, I had to like start up the DVD disc all over again. Like, I am happy that I got this because all the episodes look great and, you know, it's it's, it's not in HD or anything, it's just a DVD, but um, I can, <laughs> it's still a part of me that's like, I wish I just had this on streaming or something, you know. Um, so, uh, well, I can't, I can't complain. I don't want to, I don't want to tie in title, but uh, it was like it also made me realize how far along we've got into, into the series. So that was like a nice. It was like we have crossed the halfway point at last, at least for me. Yeah. So. How, how many, how many discs in are you out of all the discs for Tamers that you have? Four. So there's eight discs, uh, and I'm, I'm on disc five now. Nice. So yeah, perfectly past the halfway point according to Tom's discs. That's perfect. Exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. At the beginning of this episode, we're about to cross the halfway point. By the end, we will have crossed it. I don't know if any of the like later, like the last disc only has a few episodes on it and maybe like some trailers or something. I don't know. I guess we'll see when we see. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm looking for, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's nice to know we're coming along. And, and these episodes feel like, again, uh, kind of like the last uh, two really they kind of feel like a we're, we're definitely progressing as things are very different now yeah. i feel like with this show and and everything so we're, we keep getting into the meta things and i appreciate that the train has not like let up in the slightest like even if like this episode feels like a little slower in a way like there's still like a lot going on. We still like make some pretty big ground. Like we still cover a lot of ground. Like there's big stuff that's happening. So yeah, and they the dub has to do some pretty heavy lifting to um basically invent lines to introduce the character who the English audience will have no familiarity with. That's not true. He was in one flashback of zero two. 
That does not count. He was not named. <laughs> he was in all war game. He was in all war game as well. I remember he was. He was on. He was in. He was in the Alps or whatever, or Mount Fuji or whatever. Watching. <laughs> it was. Watching, I, I'm pretty uh, sure it's Turkey, but also like that's like really? super. That's yeah. Uh, wow. But also like as I'll talk about later, like that's at like super like canonical inconsistency with like the Wondrous One games. Okay. All right. Well, we'll get like, to. It, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. We've got. We've got a big uh, Sloan's. Sloan's Ryu. I'm so ready. Uh, I can't think of a word we're going to have R that isn't rant. <laughs> and rant's not the right word. So it's your, Sloan's your, your Rio soapbox. Sona? I don't know. Let's say, for your, for your let's say Slo- Sloan's soapbox. Yeah, why not? Why Rio not? Rio Rama. Rio Rama. There we go. Episode title. Rio, Rio Rama. Rama. Rio Rama. Yeah, that's it. the episode title. So before that, <laughs> we we got um our Digimon Ghost Game trailer. It was 30 seconds. Uh, not a yeah. lot, but it, what there was looks pretty nice. Like I'm, I'm excited. Looks creepy. It looks cool. It looks cool. Yeah, I think the the style and premise of, of the show makes me more intrigued about it than basically any piece of media um, released for this franchise since like Cyber Sleuth. Yeah, I guess that's valid. Yeah, totally. It's they're making a very big turnaround from like. Um, uh, Adventure 2020, which was just like, hey, like, what if we just use these characters and then, like, threw in a bunch of, like, random, like, underused, like, fan favorite, like, niche, like, Digimon? Like, just cause. Like, we had freaking, uh, the the wireframe Golemon from, like, one of the Digi- Digimon World games for the PS1 in an episode. Like, this, like, actually seems to have, like, like, some sort of, sometimes a gravitas and substance and, like, story and, like, I'm I'm excited. Like that that shot of the who I'm assuming is the main character turning being turned all old by Clockmon is super cool and creepy. Yeah, this seems like notably. I think I might have said this last time, but this seems notably more like conflict driven than uh, than the previous like Digimon like new series we've had. So or at least how they were initially promoted. So that's cool. I'm I'm into that. And the other yeah, trailer's got a very creepy vibe to it. Um, I'm into it. I'm into it. I'm excited to see. Um, hopefully it doesn't. Hopefully my optimism is rewarded. Let's say that. So uh, yeah, let's. Uh, all all let's I'm hope. saying is that the poster promised me Diaboromon. If I don't get Diaboromon, I'm going to riot. <laughs> He's gonna I'm show sure up, I bet. Although maybe it's like maybe it's like that one poster for um, Pokemon the first movie or whatever, where it has like Mewtwo <laughs> and Mew, and like Mewtwo looks weirdly like decolored for some reason, but um, it, uh, it's got all the Pokemon around the edges of the poster, and like only half of them appear in the actual film. <laughs> So, yeah. Um, yeah, it might be one of the <laughs> one of those deals. But then that would mean like we get something like really cool, like Don fan to show up. So like we'll get like a really yeah. cool like Digimon that we've never seen before to show up. Yeah, but then you also like it have like um, someone really strong and like let's say like Magnemon or someone like he'll just show up and then just get one shotted by like a random attack by by uh, like a Koromon or something. So you know, that, <laughs> that's what I want to with- see. In keeping with that opening battle from Pokemon the first movie. <laughs> so, nice. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. R.I.P. Machamp. <laughs> Take it out like a <laughs> like a like a bitch. Like uh, a Machamp. Oh, oh there we got go. Him. Uh, I like that. I like that. That's good. So yeah, that's gonna uh, premiere on the third of October. So I'm excited. I am very much looking forward to watching that. So if I'm if I'm mistaken, it literally starts like the week after Adventure ends, right? I'm pr- I'm. Let me check because I because I have uh, a tab up with uh, the Digimon episode for Tamers the episode listings. 
So I can go straight to straight to Adventure Twenty Twenty's listings. We've got um, so we have the, supposedly the last episode this week, but then it's saying episode sixty seven TBA, and it has like a director and a writer listed and an air date for the week after, which would be the twenty sixth. But this this show has like a sixty six episode listing. Or 66 episodes. Yeah, 66 episodes. Mm. So I don't know what's going on. So technically, yes. But technically, there might be a week gap. I don't I don't know. I guess we'll find out. We'll find out tomorrow. It'd be so funny if they just went right one right into the other. So it was like Ghost Kim coming up to kind of sweep up the trash. God, remember when there was that fear? Because like those those gotcha toys, I was like, oh, like there's six of them. Like six gotcha toys. And there was the fear it was going to be Adventure Zero 2 2020. And I'm so glad... We dodged that bullet. <laughs> I literally would not be able to handle that. There's still that film to come. Although I guess no way it didn't. Oh, yeah. I think they, didn't they? I feel like I feel like we mentioned this before, and I can't remember if it was like they confirmed it was set in the main adventure timeline or what. But it's set in the classic adventure timeline. I'm like ninety percent sure. Classic adventure. <laughs> I guess that's technically correct. Yeah, I suppose you can call it that, but that just makes me feel old. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's the adventure timeline, damn it. Um, we're we're dust. We're all yeah. turning to dust. We're we're just gonna get blindsided, and then like Ghost Game will be part of the adventure adventure twenty twenty timeline or something. So don't uh, don't you although, dare say that. Although, hey, if it's good, it slightly redeems that, and if it's bad, then you know it's in good company. I guess if if it. If, <laughs> I guess twenty is as is as bad as you're saying. <laughs> so it is. Um, well, as, as, to be fair, yeah, it's not just you. Uh, this isn't a. It's uh, a lot this, of people. Yeah, this is. This, yeah, this isn't a life is strange, true color situation. There is other people out there other than you saying it's bad. So <laughs> sorry, I had, God, to get I had to get that in. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate. I appreciate that. I respect it. It's, it's going to be a low blow, to but I respect it. it. I have to, I have to <laughs> okay. respect. I'm legally obligated. So, Scrafty, okay, uh, you're our our figure expert or model kit expert. Uh, you want to tell us about this next bit of news? Yes. So this this personally excites me quite a bit um, for reasons that have, I've made obvious uh, over the course of two hours last week when I ranted about Intmon um, with no with no end in sight. Uh, so they're releasing a bunch of new uh, figure eyes series and. Since it seems like they've kind of moved past Zero Two now that they've got um, the Imperial Dramon and Magnamon ones announced, like they, they they even have a special uh, premium Bandai uh, exclusive Imperial Dramon Paladin mode as well. Uh, but on top of that, they just announced uh, Figurize um, Beelzemon as well, and that one has been really excited because it looks sick as hell, and it has like both of his shotguns. You can actually holster them like. It looks incredibly detailed, but this is the most humanoid model they've made in this figure eye series since, like, Wargreymon, I think. And I was kind of worried. Is, that and this look... is way more than that, so. Yeah, yeah. But, I, like, so I had a few issues with some of Wargreymon's proportions, so I was a little bit worried that they would, you know, make it uh, look a little bit weird. But I'm I'm very, very happy with how, how amazing this uh, Beelzemon model looks. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of, like, the Amplified series. Like, I think uh, Machine Dramon looks alright, just because, like, it's Machine Dramon. Like, it's got a pretty, like, you know, like, monstrous-type frame, I guess. But, like, anything that looks, like, a little too humanoid, I don't like. And I don't even like uh, Metal Gururumon's, because, like, it's so, like, 
edged and like jaggy but like this one looks really good like the the proportions look good the model looks good like i'm 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 ready for it like i i want to i want to make it my only i guess my only question is how much of it is going to be like how many stickers is it going to have because there's a lot of really cool detailing on it like the skull pauldron on his shoulder you know the gem in his forehead um the belts on his leg i'm just somewhat concerned there's gonna be a lot of stickers on this one and i always hate that yeah that's that's kind of scary as someone who like messed up all the stickers on on her uh hatsuho shinonome mech i i hate stickers i hate them yeah i it's the eyes at the very least look like they're they're clear plastic because they have like a curvature to them but i I don't see that kind of depth with the the forehead gem or the the skull pauldron. So hopefully, you know, we we dodge that bullet. We don't have to worry about um, too many stickers because I think it just looks cheap. I think it just makes a model kit look cheap if, it, if it's got too many stickers. It kind of ruins the color separation. Like all the plastic looks too similar, and it kind of looks homogenous. Yeah, definitely. I um I I think it I think it looks nice, but uh, my my experience with this sort of thing is is zero. <laughs> like my own experience. Well, it's with time. Figures. It's time to it's time to get the Bielsimon, uh model kit then. <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> I don't mind Kelsey Mom, but it's like it's a little too. Ed- His designs may be a little too edgy for me to like put on display, you know, have as a decoration, <laughs> whatever. You know, it's not really my aesthetic in that sense. But uh, no disrespect to Kelsey Mom, he has his place. Um, just not in my not in my living room, <laughs> as it were. I like that they are doing like standard uh, versions for like the figureized model kits for Digimon Two. Like we're getting. Wargreymon next month, we're getting Metal Gururumon in December, and then Magnamon in 2022 for February. And I, like, they, like, it's all just, like, the classic designs. I'm like, I kind of want to get them, like, not only because they'll be cheaper, but also because, like, oh, like, these are, like, the, the designs, like, I know and love. And it's like, oh, like, these are simple. There's no, like, wild edges and, like, extra, extraneous things. It's like, just, just, this is just Digimon. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. More merch the better. I just I just hope they make it um, available in a fashion that isn't just through resellers taking the piss or other, you know, like the Namco store, which is like exclusive for, you know, Japanese customers or I'm not sure if it's Japanese customers or just generally Asian customers, but whatever. Regardless, it's uh, it is not for us. <laughs> so um, and hopefully they get like a I think they said they're working on a partner's uh, a, a store for the partners website like the international version of the partners website i think that's supposed to be coming so um you know maybe i'm sure they'll have that stuff there it feels like merch is it's hard to it's really hard to miss out on merch nowadays regardless of like what sort of fandom you're in for the most part so but digimon seems yeah. to be like a bit a little bit behind the times in that aspect so um yeah hopefully they get the hit to get their act together <laughs> they do speaking of speaking of merch uh scrafty you wanna you wanna do do this last layup on on some merch that I know you in particular are a fan of just by it existing. It's been four thousand years, but finally we've got more Digimon Savers merchandise for the first time in ages. Toei is officially acknowledging that Digimon Savers was a season that came and existed. Mind you, it's not very much. It's like some not great t-shirts um some acrylic standees that i'm fairly certain use their 2006 era key art so they look kind of <laughs> look kind of old um and just some like other miscellaneous like pins and buttons that use the same kind of art 
but at least they exist. They didn't put much effort into them, but at least they exist. At least they're trotting out Saber's corpse so that people can, can marvel at it. And not even available to those in the U.S. You can only ship to Japan, because uh, I tried to get... They, they're doing some O2 merch, too. And I wanted to get that Yoli st- uh, acrylic standee of her and Hawkmon in the computer lab. And it was like, uh-uh, you're, you're not from Japan. Yeah. You can't buy this. And I was like, well, I don't care enough and want to pay, like, the 30 extra dollars to, like, get it imported. Like, you're like a, a secondary, like, shipper or whatever. So I'm like, ah, I guess I'm losing out on this, but... Just checking out to see actually if they even if Digimon Digimon Data Squad is, is still even available in any format in the US uh, or anywhere. I hope so. I, so I need to be able to watch that pretty soon in a I year. See, I I don't think it, it got a full release <laughs> like on DVD because I I have the first two volumes on DVD, which covers the first one covers the first arc, which is up until about episode twenty, and the second one covers up until about episode thirty six or thirty seven, I think. Uh, try as I might, I could not find, at least in Canada, a third volume that would cover the rest of the series, so I'm not sure if it exists or not. Yikes. I guess we'll never be able to finish uh, Savers. No, it's okay, I'll, I'll hook you up. I, I've um, I've got my a legal Japanese friend who has the Blu-rays for me. Nice. He's an, he's an illegal friend. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Somehow. Somehow. Um, I don't the, wanna... the friend yeah. is friend, legal. The Blu-ray is A friend is who is not. on the level. Who does not do scams? Does not do tricks. Okay. No shenanigans. Yeah, looking online, lo- looking just on like just a quick Google search, um, it does not appear like <laughs> that way much of any way to get to get a hold of uh, Savers slash Data Squad. Uh, you know, through GM it means. Oh, okay. So I just looked it up. They actually, they actually did release um, Data Squad as a full bundle. But it's like eighty dollars just for that, just for one season. Yeah, let me see because I know. Can't wait. There's a difference between distribution between uh, for these sorts of things between uh, our countries, let's say. So, oh wow, yeah, I'm seeing, I'm seeing stuff online. It's like, hey, Demon Data Squad Volume Two, forty five pounds. I'm like, fuck off, no way, no way at all. And it's like the German release or something. Like, I'm sure, it, I'm sure it's in English, but. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm confident it's in English. But oh, like, nice. No, <laughs> that's not right at all. Yeah, I'm guessing there was a box. For a yeah, second, I, I thought I've you were just going to say the Germo release, and I actually really want like <laughs> a version of a Digimon series that is just Germa doing all of the voices. Oh yes, oh yes, that'd be great. God, I would see. I would. I would uh, love anyone to voice Marcus other than who voices him currently. So I'll say Germa. That's what that's what that means. Oof. Yikes. I think I think that would work pretty well. I could see Jerma like punching Digimon. Sure. So yeah, yeah I looked it up. But it looks like it looks like it's um it used to be available on Amazon Prime Video, but isn't anymore. So. Oh dang it! I was I was gonna hope yeah. that was like gonna be like one of my options. No, it looks like at some point um they removed it because it says that I, I went to the maybe it's just a Canadian thing. Maybe if you check in America, it'll still be there. But when I went to the website in Canada, it said the title is no longer available. Which I've never seen on Prime Video before. You know what? I'll check right now. Then we're gonna we're gonna do live updates for all of Digimon Savers between three different uh, <laughs> three, three different stop countries. Check for all the Digimon. Right. I think maybe maybe look at this later. Uh, do you think we should get into the I got, uh, I got, um, episodes for this week? Bandai Digimon Savers Greymon Plastic Mall Japan for fifty seven dollars. <laughs> uh, oh, that's about it.
let's let's go let's go talk about some some Digimon tamers and not some savers for now. Okay. Scrafty, do you wanna do you wanna take it away? You wanna you wanna take it away for us? Yes. So, uh, the first episode we're gonna cover today, episode twenty-eight in English, is called "Blame It on Rio," which is a play on the infamously bad Michael Caine sex comedy "Blame It on Rio" as an R I O that released in the eighties. One of the few movies that Roger Ebert put on his my most hated films list, so you know it's good. <laughs> good company. Yeah. In in Japanese, it's called Friend or Foe, the Legendary Tamer, Akiyama Ryo. It was written in English by Seth Walter and Japanese by Genki Yoshimura, and it was directed by Takahiro Imamura. So some familiar talent for the dub here. Seth Walter has written a pretty big chunk of, of, of Tamer's English dub so far, so... At least we know that this episode is in this important episode, this lore critical as long as I'm sure you're going to get into eventually, oh, is in so excited. Um, decent hands. I okay. Before we start, I just want to say I'm not as excited as the CD drama I talked about, but it's like just behind this. It's like I'm like a okay, hair so less is... excited than the CD drama. All right, so confirmed. You were excited about 9/11. <laughs> no way. <laughs> you know what? We're keeping that in. Okay, so. <laughs> This episode starts with Rika's little faction, which is her Renamon, Kanta, and Kazu, hanging out by the flag where everyone got drawn away from by the data streams, which just further confirms the Babamon and Jujumon episode was basically pointless because they just ended up back where they started anyway. And they're just waiting for the rest of the group, hoping that if the group can't find them, they'll just return to the flag and they can all meet up again. But they've been waiting for so long that Kazu and Kanta start complaining, and it makes Rika and Renamon so annoyed that they set off on their own to to go find the rest of them and tell them to stay there. And so the, as a result, the rest of the group with like Takato, Henry, Jerry, and their partners, they do return to the flag, but by the time they get there, everyone's gone. So they're kind of like, you know, <laughs> chasing each other in circles at this point. But thankfully, because Gilmon is just a big puppy, he recognizes Renamon's scent and starts tracking it. Rika's, you know, going off on her own when she realizes that Kazuo kind of tagged along anyway, despite what she said. So she gets banished, chewing them out, but then they get sucked in by another data stream, which sends them to like a weird like clock area with tons of like gears and ticking sounds all around. They find that the source of the ticking noise is this this clock that's stuck. So Rika fixes it, which causes two Digimon to pop out and, and yell at her for doing that, Clockmon and Hagurumon. And they both have really weird speech patterns and are just generally like, you know, your classic quirky side characters of the week. But the real problem is the clock, when it strikes 12, summons Megadramon, which is like, you know, this giant ultimate level Digimon, from the sky, and he starts attacking the, the group. Even with Renamon Digimon and Cubimon, it can't even get a hit in, because it, it just keeps getting parried by Megadramon's sick Daigo Umehara skills. And it looks like all is lost for them until a strange humanoid black dragon Digimon comes in and, and just friggin' wrecks Megadramon easily. And this is, turns out to be Cyberdramon, which is a partner of the legendary tamer Ryo Akiyama, who stops him from destroying Megadramon with a whip that generates from his Digivice. And Ryo kind of introduces himself to the gang, and Rika seems very offended that he doesn't recognize her. But Kazu and Kenta recognize him. He was the Digimon king to Rika's Digimon queen, who was like, you know, the, the number one ace of the card game, who mysteriously disappeared at some point and was never heard from again. So they're they're pretty jazzed about that. Meanwhile, Kalumon, who's you know just off on his own after escaping Makurumon, 
discovers the flag and puts it on like a cape because it has pictures of all his friends on them and he can ask other Digimon where they are. And then starts, you know, going off on his own on his own little cute adventure. So it turns out that the reason why Rika hates Ryo so much is that she was defeated by him in a, a major Digimon card game tournament. And she's still extremely bitter about it. And the fact that Kazu and Kenta keep gassing him up will kind of simultaneously putting her down makes her fed up. And she takes Renamon and takes her ball and goes home. Which means that Kazu and Kenta are stuck with Ryo, who he says he wants to go back to the real world sometime. So that gives Kazu and Kenta hope that they can also return. And that's kind of the, the basic gist of what happens in this episode. But I'm sure we'll get into the meat of it in a bit because there's a lot to talk about regarding backstory in this episode. Who's this Ryo guy? Um, depending on who you ask, you may get two very different answers. Uh, I suppose. Depending, yeah, uh, depending on if you're in Japan or literally anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, I found his backstory in the English version to be fairly decent for what it's worth. But yeah, slow, slow. Yeah, let's let's sort of have a brief intro to who he is in in general. So <laughs> before, yeah, real Akiyama as some of. As we joked about earlier, he did make one minor appearance in a flashback in Adventure Zero 2 where he was in the digital world with Ken and Wormon, and they had defeated Millenniumon. Uh, put that in your notes. It's going to come up later. It'll be on the quiz. And that's that was when uh, the Dark Spore hit Ken, and uh, he became evil, basically. like Ken, One of Ken's first adventures was with Ryo, and we'll get into the meat of this later. But yeah, so Ryo is originally from the Adventure timeline, not the Tamers timeline, and there is a reason that he ends up here. It's very confusing. There's literally four Wonder Swan games uh, about it. And and a fun fact for Ryo himself, uh, he was, like, literally so popular because of those games that, like, they had, they had planned to, like, add him to... to, uh, to, to Tamers. Like he was, uh, he was, like always destined to appear, like in one of the anime series at some point, just because of his popularity. It definitely gives him a sort of stench of cross promo. Like I don't know, I I kind of view him as very similar to the episode of the classic Simpsons when uh, Jay Sherman, the main character of the Critic, uh, another animated show that was on Fox at the time. Um, shows up in an episode, and, he, and, he, and he's like... Oh, that's like, so incredible, though. Yeah. So, that episode is fantastic. Um, Matt Groening, uh, he may have changed his mind since then, but Matt Groening famously hated it and ha- wouldn't have his name on the episode because he thought it was just really crass to have, like, a crossover, essentially. Especially, ostensibly, one that promotes a show which, let's say, maybe didn't have the same level of su- success that The Simpsons had. And, you know, I didn't think it lasted much longer. Um, no, but, it lasted two and, seasons, and one of which was very short. Yeah, it, Look, it, it the was, critic is uh, good, though. It, it, the critic, it, yes. It has, uh, what, good, it has good moments. I recently rewatched all of it. It's, some of the episodes are just not good, but it, okay. the episodes that are good are very good. Yeah, I think it's generally regarded as like okay, it, like pretty solid. Um, and, and when I say success, I I purely mean commercial, I guess. Um, of course. So when when the reason I bring up that comparison, and and maybe in that sense, like because the difference in commercial success is obviously a bit different between these two things. But the reason I bring it up is because despite the fact that even Matt Groening saw it as crass, and and that he's completely there to do so, I think in general crossovers can be very crass. Her cough, Fortnite cough, 
Um, it's it's uh, it can still result in pretty great things. That Simpsons episode is still hilarious. You know, it's still on the same level of quality uh, as the average episodes of that era. It, you know, one of the it entered a phrase in our vernacular that is still used to this day, which is saying the loud part quiet and the quiet part loud. Yes. Also, Gebel's Booerns uh, has the uh, Hans Mormon getting hit by a football, has hook, hook it to my veins. Um, just an endless parade. <laughs> don't don't of... cry for me, I'm already dead. Yeah, exactly. That's all That's all within the space of like five minutes of that episode. But, like, Everything's coming so... up, Milhouse. Yeah. Oh, is that in that episode as well? Oh, I, I don't know. I'm just, it's just in oh. general. Damn it, Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, because I, I, I don't know The Simpsons that well, so I, I, I misunderstood. <gasps> Um, I'd say I'd say we should do a Simpsons podcast after this, but that would make us the like one millionth Simpsons podcast. Um, so yeah, no, let's not do that. Look, if we're <laughs> doing a podcast after that. this, it's a Metabots podcast. I'm okay, just saying. Fair enough. Yeah, that, that's more on brand. That, anyway, that's our brand. Just, it's just weird, just, just weird do... '90s anime. So we don't stretch this uh, tortured reference any longer. Um, the reason I bring up these two things is because yeah, the, that Simpsons episode was very good. In that respect, Rio's inclusion here, although it definitely does, it and pretty much is, I think anyone would have fessed up to it, it's something that happened for promotional reasons. He's still really cool, and I still think he contributes a lot to the show as a character. He is not thin. Uh, he's certainly thinner character-wise than uh, Rika and um, you know, Takato and Henry and all the rest, really. Um, just within the framework of Teamers. If you've played those Wonderswan games... Um, perhaps you know you're bringing a lot. You can bring a lot from that to his character in this, and that kind of fills in some of the gaps. But he's not by any means a flat character. You know, he is. He is fairly. Yeah. Um, you know, he's he's obviously got some. He's got some elements to him which other members of the group don't have. Um, you know, he's not just sort of like filling a hen the same sort of role that Henry or Takato has. So he. Yeah, and he's a nice foil to Rika as well, especially because she has a gigantic crush on him so <laughs> that she refuses to acknowledge. So even to herself, I don't. I don't dig it. The, the energy I that dig, this... I don't dig the force chip. I don't. I'm just saying. <laughs> the, the the energy that Rio's introduction here has reminds me of like in a Kingdom Hearts game where they introduce a character into like a mainline game who was previously only in like a spin-off or like one of the mobile games and you're just kind of sitting there like huh. I'm sure this character means something to someone but it sure doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs> yeah. No, I that that is I know, I think they set up his introduction quite well. Um the Mega Drummond stuff is you know, that's that's a interesting character, of course, very very intimidating. Cyber Drummond gets a good entrance here. And then yeah, they do oh, a, I love they Cyber do a decent Drummond. job making. They do a deep. I think Desol- <laughs> Desolation Claw is one of my favorite attack names, like in general. Like yeah. that's such a good attack name. Completely, hundred percent agreed um, on on that point. Um, I, I was gonna say they do a good job, of, like introducing Rio off the back of that, as in Rio, just Rio himself. But I do have mixed feelings about Rio and his like the weird, like sort of slave master dynamic he has with Cyber Drummond. <laughs> don't really like it much he kind of he keeps trying to like paint it as like him being compassionate for cyberdramon but he's got like he just keeps whipping the dude <laughs> he's not I, i'm gonna say good. there's a there's technically yeah. a reason for that yeah i mean like, they justify the it within it this episode less gross but yeah, they yeah it's, it still with... sucks but yeah. there's technically a reason for it 
I'm not saying they. I'm not saying they don't justify it. And obviously, like Cyberjabon is, you know, they okay. All they need to do is have him snarl a hell of a lot, and you know, kind of throw tantrums or whatever. And it kind of, you know, it kind of like okay, I see what's going on here. But yeah, I still don't like it, especially because the show's called. I mean, tamer already is such a loaded word <laughs> when you think about like lion tamers and stuff. Um, and this feels like the the, the notion. You know that 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 phrase being applied correctly, if you know what I mean, but like not correctly in the sense of what a Digimon tamer is. Like it's a very different relationship than like what Takato has with Gyomon, for example, or even what you know Rika has with Renamon. So it's just a of bit course. strange. Um, I kind of wish they just gave him like a normal Digimon partner, <laughs> but I can also sort of see why they wouldn't do that just to differentiate him a bit more. Um, he's he's the legendary tamer, so he needs a really cool, strong Digimon. I get that, but eh, I don't know. What if they just give him Agumon? Like that would be. I got. Hey, buddy, I got some news for you <laughs> well, about I Rio know... and Agumon. <laughs> I'm guessing he. I'm guessing Rio has like. I was gonna say had, but you know what I mean. Like had a lot of Digimon as partners uh, in his in his uh, esteemed career, and I know we'll get into it. But um, yeah, I don't know. Right? <laughs> Ryo Akiyama um, plays the hits. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, uh, the, it's not, it's not, it's not a huge deal, but it, it is something that I watch now, as opposed to when I watched it originally. Yeah, and I'm like, my perspective on this has changed. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of like well, a huh, huh. Yeah, I, I don't know. If it was a main character, well, it, it, like an actual main character, I think it would be a bigger deal. But he isn't, so I don't know. It's just, just, just something I felt like I had to acknowledge. Maybe, maybe we'll just leave it there. Yeah, Rio kind of, like, appears in these episodes, and then it's just kind of like, okay, later, guys, like, we'll get to that, like, in the next episode. But, like, he he does just kind of feel here to be like, hey, don't you kids like Rio? Okay, he's gone now. Type of thing. And if you don't, or if you don't know who he is, I do think they do a decent job of leaving you being, uh, you know, leaving with you being a fan, you know. Um, yeah, I think he yeah he comes across as pretty cool. So, which is the thing, this show, the show hasn't like, like I'm not just sitting here and saying like none of the main characters are cool or anything, but it's in a different way. Like I've said that how this is different to like adventure, uh, like the sort of heroism in here is something that you really see sort of later on, and it's more of like a Takato. Takato is kind of like a hero character, but he's clearly immature and, and like maturing into that role, whereas this is Rio here, who's kind of Rio, Rio feels a lot more on the same sort of lines as as Yatai or Matt or whatever. So, um, yeah, he, he, yeah, he, he's like he's Rio's just, got this cool like, like shoulder guard. He's got a gauntlet. Like he's got like these tattered clothes. Like he's like a stereotypical yeah. like, cool like team character. Like he's he's surviving in the Digi- Digimon world. Like it's kind of he's got it, those it, cool his, vibes. His gear is, feels kind of reminiscent to me of like one of the. Um, Bigs or Bigs or Wedge. I guess they kind of both wear similar stuff, but uh, um, they yeah from Final Fantasy VII. Like it has that same sort of like vibe. Like that game loves its uh, shoulder pauldrons or whatever. Like the single pauldrons that like Cloud has one as well. So I don't know. He's got a he's got a very like JRPG protagonist <laughs> get up. Yeah. I guess. Which hey hey guess what? He is a JRPG protagonist. <laughs> so go figure. So, do you all do you want to hear a cool Easter egg about Rio in this episode? Yeah. 
So sure. in the English dub, he just says he's been in the digital world for a while. But in the Japanese version, he specifies, I've been here for 10 months, like a very particular number. Right. This episode okay. really, like, aired in Japan in October of 2001. Do you want to hazard a guess when the, the final uh, Wonderswan t- Tag Tamers game came out? Uh, G- uh, January uh, of that year? January. Well, December. December of the previous year. December of the yeah. previous year, okay. So he, in real time, he was there for 10 months. <laughs> nice. That's pretty cool. I like that, I like that so, kind of stuff. Yeah, it's pretty. Funny. I know that kind of like that kind of like threw me for a loop when they're like, "Oh, it's October," and I was like, "Is it?" Like, I'm like, "When did you get to be October?" Like, I'm like freaking out. Like, oh god, it was just like we were just at that school trip during the summer. Like, what's happening? <laughs> so it's funny because I think this aired. It was still September when this aired originally in Japan. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken. No, it was uh, uh, so, honestly, October. October. Yeah, 14th. The week is October, which is why you know it was ten um, ten months between December uh, when the game came out and uh, October when the episode aired. Uh-huh. That's interesting because I feel like the last episode we watched and it was like it aired on like September thirteenth or something. So I don't know, maybe they took a week off or something. Anyway, th- yeah, that that makes sense. And then in the US, it probably would have been like December or something. So um, uh, February. Yeah, February. Wow. Okay, that was later than I thought. Um, Hmm. Yeah, I know. That, uh, that's, that is cool. Yeah, I like when they do that. Yeah. Okay, uh, Scrappy, I have a question. Go for it. Uh, Clockmon and Hagurumon have, um, let's say, interesting ways of talking. Are those references <laughs> to anything? Because those yeah. dudes are freaks. I'm glad you asked, because I researched this so hard and could not find anything. <laughs> you think so just... they just talk like freaks just to be freaks. They're just they're just weirdos, yeah. It is worth noting that Hagurumon is voiced by uh, Bo Billingsley, who's the the voice actor of Jet Black from Cowboy Bebop, possessor oh, okay. of one of the coolest voices in anime. So I was <laughs> surprised to hear him say a comedic character play a comedic character like this. Oh, Bo I mean, Billingsley I... also did Ogremon. Okay, yeah. huh, I didn't realize that. I feel like the um. So the thing with this is that, like, his, his verbal tick is like he'll say something uh, like, you know, let, let, I'm gonna use an example. Like, he'll say like, "I'm happy," "I'm ecstatic," and feeling okay. Actually, you know, he'll do something like that where he'll like say something. He'll say something, the more superlative version of it, and then he'll just like a more sort of like calm, like toned down version yeah, of what he's saying. Yeah, like he'll he'll use two superlatives in a row and then downplay it immediately. Meanwhile, Hagurumon does the he he basically uses the word cromulent, but like unironically. <laughs> yeah he reminds me a lot of Fry in Futurama there's that one line where he's like I'm shocked uh, he's like what does what, he say he's like I'm shocked shocked well I'm not that shocked <laughs> it yeah. just reminds me of yeah. that yeah. But, I, <laughs> but I think I think this might have come first or I'm not I'm not sure so in fact you know what I'm going to look this up in real time so feel free to talk about something okay else look this up in real time <laughs> yeah I want to just go over yeah. some of um Haguru no, okay, no, Futurama does does predate that. That was, that was from an episode that came out in 2000. This, this dub episode aired in 2002. Perfect. So it's a Futurama reference. They like that line so much that they did it, but then like, whereas Futurama does it once, they just took that and made it a verbal tick or whatever for this for this one throwaway Digimon. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Why? And it's not, like, it's not like he's doing an impression of uh, Billy West's Fry voice either, like Weird. Yeah, that's just. I, I'm just Who confused knows? by. Yeah, I'm just confused by the decisions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, Hagurumon says stuff like jealous seasonal and magnificent, and I'm just like, dude, shut up, please. Like, go away. Like, I don't want you to talk. 
Hagiriman is a Hagiriman is a good boy. Like he, he is. I, I'm I'm a big fan of his design. I think he's great. There's a reason he's one of the. I like, like Hagiriman's design. Yeah, there's a reason he's one of the like starting choices of Digimon in Cyber Sleuth. You know, you get to choose yeah. between Teriyamon and Palmon, and then and then Hagiriman. <laughs> like Hagiriman seems like the odd one out of the of that three, but no, he's pretty cool. He's he's a cool guy. He's no Terriermon though. Like I feel bad. Like I'd be I'd feel bad if I was like paired up against Terriermon. Like you you could pick me, but then just Terriermon's just right there, and like no one's gonna pick you, buddy. I'm really I sorry. Picked, I picked Terriermon, yes, naturally, and I'd do it again, yeah, same. a thousand times over I, before I, I even think about listen, Palmon. Listen, I picked Hagurumon. I wanted Justimon <gasps> as my starter. Okay, that, okay, you wrong. Barely Later on, on they, they added Darktramon, which is my favorite Digimon of all time, as DLC. So I devolved him from Justamon and got that Darktramon. So my starter is Darktramon, and I am so happy. I feel like a kid in the candy store. Did I ever tell my you all about how I named my Justamon in Cyber Sleuth Pepsi-mon? Yeah, I, I think so, yeah. That. <laughs> that's, that's one of my favorite things, because he's just Pepsi-man. Yeah, he's yeah. That's it, it's not it's not a bad reference. Yeah, it's not a bad... Um, Reference, yeah, totally. I I can see it. Thank you. I, I mean, that, my experience with that game just ended up with like three platinum Sukumon or whatever, you know, because they were just like such exp or something like that. Anyway, I feel like there was something you could do with that team where you just got a absolute shitload of exp. Pun intended. The Coliseum. Yeah, you could go to the Coliseum. Yeah. So that was just yeah broken. So, uh, but yeah, <laughs> I uh, I don't think I went down the Hagurumon route. So maybe if we replay it at some point, I will do. Uh, I'll I'll give that I'll give I'll give the Gear Boy a, a proper proper shot. Yeah, I think for for hackers' memory, I started with Tentamon because I really wanted um, Tyrant Cupetarion because they just added it in that game. What's the choice? Yeah, I started, like, I started with like Tentamon beta, too. Be, it's like Betamon, uh, uh, Tentamon, and is there another one or is it just those two? Uh, anyway, it's not I important. Gatsumon, yeah, Gatsumon. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm just thinking of the key art for that. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, um, Hagurumon's cool, um, but yeah, Clockmon's, it's not funny. <laughs> like, Clockmon's... Which Clockmon's is why he's coming to get his revenge in Ghost thing. Game. <laughs> well, good. Yeah, yeah, there we go. He's going to get he's gonna get eliminated like that way. I want to talk about one thing that I noticed in this episode, and I posted a picture of it in a Discord, and it's, and it's like, right. it's been driving me crazy. Um, there was a shot in this episode... Now, I don't like to talk about animation errors or whatever too much. Firstly, because A, I don't really spot them that often. And B, you know, look, these things happen. It's an anime. You know, these things get rushed and whatever. Fine. But there's a moment in this episode when when Rika and the, and the rest of them are all in the clouds and whatever. This is before they've met. This is before they've run into Clockman and Gurumon. Where there's, there's like a panning shot of them as they're like sat amongst all these weird gears and cogs and whatever. And then like the camera pans over and then it keeps panning. And then there's like a white border which appears on the side of the screen, and it doesn't look like it's like a thing in the environment that that that, that was on the side of the frame, or whatever. It just looks like the frame got cut off, but the camera keeps panning. So like it just it's just panning over an empty empty space in the frame or something, and it just it was like super obvious to me. And it's like, how do you not notice that? Like that seems like if it is what I think it is, and I can't, I just can't for the life of me imagine what uh, else it was. I just don't know how you not don't notice that as part of production, or I don't know, or as part of the like the 
four DVD edit or whatever. So anyway, I had to, I had to, I had to reference that because I was just very taken aback by that. It's like it felt like a very See, obvious I, animation era. I actually era. noticed um, you post that. So when I was doing my watch, I um kept an eye out for it and i didn't see it in my version but i think you and i have different dvd releases you have just like just tamers right like just the standalone tamers release that's right yeah that's right okay yeah i got the, the big bundle box set that has like the first four seasons all in one like big collection and ah uh, yeah i yep. think your version is generally superior to mine because a lot of the episodes in the one i have look like they were recorded from tv like they have like <laughs> um the, the the TV rating, you know, the little thing that says like TVC or TVMA oh, or whatever. Wow. It has yeah, that yeah, blurred yeah. out. Like like it's there, but it just blurs it out and it's very weird. Um That's great. And so I didn't I didn't see it in mine, so that leads me to believe right. that because mine are just like television recordings, they're you know, they were just designed to be for like a four by three format, whereas the DVDs you have are a bit more professional. Um so they're letterboxed instead of just being recorded. And they didn't realize that the TV broadcast of that episode cut off an animation error where they they move the cell a bit too far when they're you know they're panning. Yeah. Wow, that's fascinating. Um, yeah, I've seen that yeah. box set like in the past on like Amazon. Even even while I was looking just then for like um, uh, savers, I, I could see that box set. Uh, but yeah, I think that predates the one I've got. The one I've got currently is I think it was based on the more recent. Uh, I'm going to call it home video because that's always funny. And the more recent home video releases of the Digimon anime uh, in Japan. And then I think yeah. Manga UK like licensed that and then that's where that came from. I mean, like the box that I've got doesn't even have like the traditional Digimon logo, you know, the orange and um, the orange and blue one with the Digivice yeah. on it. Like it doesn't have that. It has like a, a romanization of the Japanese logo, uh, which is cool. Um, and the episodes themselves or like no, there's none of that TV rating or anything like that. It's uh, it does have the original credits, uh, but like that 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 would have been in like a tiny window on TV as they promote the next episode of Power Rangers that's coming up or whatever, <laughs> you know. But um, <laughs> but yeah, they have that. But it's it's like very yeah. So anyway, it's a good box set. But yeah, I, I, it's also really funny that they <laughs> that that happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wonder if that's it's... in like the the Blu-ray release or whatever. Is that your yeah, it's one of those weird cases where the increased fidelity of the release causes errors that weren't there before to crop up. Really, That's so really, fascinating in such a weird way. I'm really glad I picked it up. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, because I, I think I think that's the reason why The Simpsons isn't that jank like zoomed in widescreen on on Disney Plus and whatever is because um, FX tried airing it in traditional widescreen just by zooming out, and they realized that like that's not how it was meant to be viewed. Like, you can see, like, the edges of the frame and, like, there's tons of empty space because, you know, the artists weren't drawing in there. Yeah. Uh -huh. I'm so glad that they finally put that, like, just watch it as it was intended option in there because, yeah, The Simpsons has so many visual gags. Um, yeah, it needs to be, yeah. yeah yes, yes. When you watch The Simpsons, make sure to uh, go into the options on Disney Plus or whatever and <laughs> turn on turn on the uh, 4x3 or whatever. Um um okay or, um, but yeah <laughs> um but yeah seriously like <laughs> I, I thought that was really interesting so i might post that on the twitter later actually just to give people a bit more context um when i say later obviously you know it, it'll probably already be up there by the time this episode goes up um yeah okay um i'd also want to mention it's, it's cyber drum voiced by steve bloom 
Uh, no, it's actually Lex Lang. It's the, the same voice actor as War Greymon. Oh, okay. Because I was like listening to him talk, which I didn't actually realize Cybertron ever did. For all it's worth. Um, Only and in the like, dub. <laughs> that's well. I, yeah, I was kind of thinking that. I was like, yeah, this seems like another dub-only voice situation. Yeah. And in the sub, he, he can only say one sentence, and he says it very robotically. What's the sentence? Are you my enemy? <laughs> to the point. Big. He's big. Um, no, wait, no. I was going to say he's a big Rage Against the Machine fan, but I think I'm, I think I'm getting the line <laughs> wrong from that one song they did. Know your enemy. <laughs> um, yeah, know your enemy, not are you my enemy. Anyway. Um... Yeah, okay, no, I had to ask. Uh, but yeah, Desolation Claw is a really cool attack name. and So cool. Um, he, like, tears into the Matrix and then, like, fires a beam. <laughs> like, there's very little yep. claw involved, but it's rad, nonetheless. Yeah, I, I really enjoy that. He he makes a great impression, as, as we said. Um, yeah, he's he's pretty cool. Um, I also like that this episode, like, at, le- at least in the, in the bits with... Um, uh, Rico and, and Rio and that it seems to mostly take place on uh, the, the Rainbow Ride level from Mario 64. Yeah, and then like the and all the different weird platforms, like okay, yeah, they're gears, but <laughs> it just felt like this reminds me of something. And then I eventually figured it out, and it's like, oh yeah, it's like if it's, it kind of reminds me of Rainbow Ride. Although I realized I kind of sound like the boss baby guy because I'm just saying like, oh, wait, they're, in, they're in the clouds. This reminds me of that one specific cloud level from, from a game rather than just everything cloud related ever. <laughs> so, um, but no, that, that, is, that is what it reminded me of. Um, yeah, I had no, to, I, I had to yeah, that. I really love like the surrealness. Like it's like a, like a weird, like there's like a lot of like um, like the areas in both these um episodes are like really like like pa- like weird paintings. Like this is like low key like who am I think like not like is it Dolly like of like just like the the gears everywhere and it's like very like abstract. Nothing's melting. I don't know so. Yeah, that's melted, but it's different. So and then like the next the next episode we've got like like those like literally just straight up like drawings of like houses, but like they're all sketchy and stuff. Like it's really cool. like I I dig the the locales we're seeing in these episodes and also like the weird like cubes that uh Takano and, and his gang like see like they go into just like a cube and it zips them like through like rainbow crystals and stuff like the visuals yeah. of this digital world are so like different but I I really dig like just how like weird they are and like unsettling even it doesn't feel like a place like the original um you know, a digital world in, in adventure felt like, you know, where it was like, it just felt like an un, uninhabited world or like a very sort of primal world, I guess, which is mostly left to nature. Um, and, you know, you'd see the odd, like, weird thing, like some elements from the human world that come, that phase in, but other than, like, they were located in weird areas, there weren't, like, perversions or anything of, of the real world for the most part. Um this is very, you know, the more we get into the digital world, the more just like abstract and weird and like weirdly like sort of ramshackle everything seems because everything's just sort of like in the wrong place. And um, there's, yeah, there's a bit more of that in the next episode. Um, as, but yeah, this one you do see that with like all these gears in the clouds, I guess, and, and then like the weird container r- uh, room that Takato's party find themselves in. It's, it's really, uh, it's interesting. They're having some fun with the. I dig it. 
environment. Yeah, because, like, it's also, like, clouds, but it also looks like snow, but then it's also, like, sand, I'm pretty sure, like, uh, Renamon comments at one point in one of the episodes of being like, oh, I hate having the sand, like, my tail dragged through the sand or whatever, and it's, like, it's, it's so strange, and I really dig it, like, the, the differences that they go for with the digital world in this, in this, uh, series is just really cool, and I, I really appreciate that, like, because we saw, like, such a consistent digital world in the first two seasons that, like, seeing this is just like, yeah, like, um, show me weird stuff. Like, show me all the weird stuff you've got. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, it's, it, it's, it's always fun to see that stuff, yeah. Um, and maybe it's time for, uh, Sloane's soapbox on, oh, uh, on, are we ready? on, on, new, on, on new pal Rio. What'd you say, Scrafty? I think it's high time for the real ramble. Nice. Let's, <laughs> let's get go. it going. Okay. So, Ryo Akiyama is the protagonist of four, yes, four Digimon games for the Wonderswan slash Wonderswan color, all only released in Asia. Uh, ultimately, Ryo is fundamentally one of the most important characters in the adventure series. I'm not even kidding. There is a bunch of stuff that happens... Uh, with him in like the sort of like the the in-betweens of like adventure and our war game and zero two that are like very important to 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 the series themselves before he ends up coming to the adventure to the tamers timeline and it's all very weird uh this might take a little bit uh basically first game we have um Ano slash Cathode Tamer. I'm pretty sure it's like two separate versions of like the same game, like a like a uh, Pokemon type situation. So this takes place New Year's Eve, 1999. So about four months after uh, Adventure Original Adventure ends, we have Rio sitting at a computer and uh, he's discussing in a chat room about the Odaiba incident. Um, we end up seeing Agumon appearing on his screen and begging him for help. This Agumon is, yes, in fact, it's Ty's Agumon. So when you said uh, he has um he has Agumon as a partner, yeah, he had Agumon as a partner, not just any Agumon, the <laughs> Agumon. Wow. So the thing about like these games is like at least like a lot of them are very like similarly like so Millenniumon is like the core villain throughout all these games, and he ends up bringing back like a lot of um enemies like old enemies to life like Piedmon, Myotismon, Edamon, Devamon like they all come back you have to fight them to save other Digidestined like it's it's basically like a weird time thing where um like after um what happened like uh Millenniumon who first of all is just like a Machine Dramon and a Chimeramon who were dying so they they DNA digivolved together to make Millenniumon which was the Millennium Mon that we see in the Zero Two flashback. We'll get to that. Uh, so basically, he uh, became strong enough to take over the digital world and causes like a time thing to to resurrect all the villains and also to capture all of the Digidestined and their Digimon. And only Agumon was able to escape. So sorry, they have to just defeat, to be clear, uh, which which Digidestined specifically are we talking? The the original the original eight Digidestined. Right. So. Okay. For from adventure, so the 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 gang we all know and love, uh, the right. the zero two kids aren't going to come into this just yet. Okay. So basically, it is very much a simple RPG type thing of you go to a dungeon boss, you save you save a, a Digidestin, and you get their their partner to help you out. 
Um, he, uh, so eventually it ends with, um, you fight Millenniumon, and when Millenniumon is defeated, Tai uh, and Agumon reunite, and Ryo feels kind of sad, because, like, you know, Agumon wasn't his partner, and neither were any of the others they work with, so he's sent back home after, after like, a goodbye, and his parents were like, oh, like, you seem like you've changed in, like, the short, that short amount of time that you were in, at the computer. So, Anode Cathode Tamer is, just, like, a very simple setup for, for Ryo, Ryo's story. So, next up, we got Tag Tamers. So, Tag Tamers is the introduction of uh, Ken Ichijoji. So, this takes place in the summer never of 2000. Of Who's that? Never heard never, of it. He's, he's alright. I think I think <laughs> characters like Joe and Mimi have more depth, personally. But, like, you know, Ken's alright. He's pretty neat. Yeah, I'll take word for it. I'm, I'm so, seething. I'm molding over here. You're molding? <laughs> Good. So, when I mentioned that inconsistency with Ryo being in Turkey on a laptop with, like, some, like, buddy during our war game. That's because, like, obviously, whoever worked, uh, Mamoru Hosoda and, like, whoever else worked on our war game clearly had no idea about the Wonderswan games either. I don't blame them. Who knows about the Wonderswan games? <laughs> no, no one cares. So, uh, uh, Ryo was hanging out with Ken, and Ken's like, hey, look, there's this thing on my computer. And, of course, it's Metal Gurumon and Wargreymon battling Diaboromon. And they decide to send some good luck emails. And so, of course, they win... And it's it's all good. And then, like, the next day, uh, Ryo comes over to Ken's house again. And Vmon arrives and is like, hey, you need to go to the digital world. And he gives Ryo a D3. So, this Vmon is... Yes, you guessed it. It's Davis's Vmon and it's Davis's D3. So, uh, Vmon's original partner is Ryo. So, they bum, go to bum, a... Bum. To, Sorry. <laughs> to the digital world <laughs> and the Diaboromon that was supposedly there is a fake because Millenniumon and uh, he straight up like splits the digital world in two into like a dimensional rift type of thing and uh, Ken meets Wormon and like they're, uh, Ken and Ryo are separated as they're going to to defeat Millenniumon again. Millenniumon just Millenniumon really wants to be uh, Ryo's partner like super bad like that's kind of like the whole thing is like He's just, I, I guess it's like a case of like, oh, like, only you are powerful enough to be, to be my partner type of thing. It's, it, and there's also like, a lot of like, he, he refers to, um, Rio, like, in like a, like a very, like, much more, like, like a, 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 not quite kind way, but like, in a way it's like, as I'm reading this, I might be getting it wrong, like a a second, like an informal second person type of thing in regards to his relationship with like Rio or a quote unquote relationship. Meanwhile, like he refers to like Ken in a form that is similar to Sob, which I think is very funny. Just this like god monster just referring to like this like eight year old being like, man, like you are the like just straight up cursing at this eight year old. <laughs> so, but also part tag tamers involves again like they got to go through all these areas and they also find the digimentals the the armor eggs but so you have to get like all of them and you have to get kindness and miracles and there's four game exclusive uh digi eggs got darkness pride desire and tenacity so technically there are four more digi eggs out there somewhere that we just never know about anyways uh you gather like all these uh these digi eggs and so you can fight millennium on who at this point is Moon Millennium on, who is like a little, little crystal baby type thing. 
And the game ends up ending with, um, you know, Ryo and Ken having to, to work together. And so when he is defeated, Malayama is defeated, uh, his physical body is destroyed and he releases the Dark Seeds. That's when Ken does the uh, get down Mr. President and takes the Dark Seed to his neck. Uh, and Malayama is like, my power is eternal type of thing. Like, you know, he's making this brooding villain uh, goodbye type thing. So then the game flat, like ends with uh, the group at uh, Jedi's house. Ken is unconscious and Warmon narrates the ending saying that... Um, Ken became becomes like increasingly cold, but he believes Ken will become gentle again and warm monsters to protect him. And the credits roll into a flash of the future where it's the Digimon Emperor standing with his back to the player looking over the dark ocean. And he says that he's returned to this world to show that he's different from Millenniumon, which I think is a pretty neat ending. Like, because we, we talked about that, that one um, game and how it was released like right around like when the Digimon Emperor arc was coming to a head, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So they're, there you they're go. very careful to time these games releases with with the corresponding events in the in the anime. Which yeah, I'm sure it's... I'm sure that had zero impact whatsoever on the quality of these games. <laughs> I imagine. I don't know. Some of the music are bangers. I linked one of them, and it's pretty good. I like. Yeah, I like that, it, so. that was good. Anyways, yeah, yeah, that was. Next up, we got D1 Tamers. This is the third of four games. Hold on, let me take some water. If I'm not mistaken, this is also <laughs> the final one released for the the original Wonder Swan, right? Yes, I believe so. Maybe no, it might be the the Wonder. Is it the only one? I know that it, it was. This, like... this is this is this is Wonder Swan Color. It's saying okay. So, so this is this is the last one released before Tamers. Yeah, yeah. Th- this release date for D1 Tamers is December 9th, two thousand. I don't know where that is in relation to um, Tamers being uh, out. It's probably before that. But oh, by the way. If you've never heard of the Wonder Swan and we're wondering what the hell we're talking about, um, the Wonder Swan is a I video game console. You. No one has. <laughs> the Wonder Swan was a video game console designed by uh, Gunpei Yokoi, uh, who was the creator rest of the original. Yes, rest in peace. He passed away, unfortunately, uh, not too long after the launch of the Wonder Swan, I believe. But he was the creator of the Wonder Swan. Um, he was also the creator of the Game Boy before there. He worked at Nintendo, uh, not just on the Game Boy, but also on other games, including Metroid. Um, the original Metroid. Um, so he's got quite a storied career. Uh, but yes, he left Nintendo to work on the Wonder Swan. I believe this was after the launch of the Virtual Boy, and I think that might be partially why he left. Um, and yeah, then he uh, he worked on the Wonder Swan. I don't know if he was still alive when the Wonder Swan Color came out, but that's generally speaking, this is where the console comes from. Uh, there's also a puzzle game no, that he originated died, uh, on the... 1997. The Wonder Swan came out. Uh, in 1999, and then the color came out in 2000. So he probably helped a lot with the Wonder Swan, but it passed prior before his, he could prior to his death. Yeah, yeah. There, was, there was a there was a game, a puzzle game, I believe, which originated on the Wonder Swan called Gunpei. But whereas Gun- yep. Gunpei Yoko's name is spelled G U N P E I, the puzzle game is spelled G U N P E Y. So and I think that's come out on various consoles like in since then. So yeah, no, uh, the Wonder Swan. Um, I'm not sure why these Digimon games came out on the Wonder Swan and not like on a console people knew and owned, especially internationally. Uh, so it was, it was manufactured by Bandai. So, oh, was it? Oh, that explains yeah. everything then. Yeah, yeah, this was that like Bandai. Okay. Yeah, this would be like their hot first party exclusive game, I guess. 
Oh man, yeah. let's it's funny get the, how times when are we cha- getting the Wonderswan color virtual consoles? That way I can play <laughs> Digimon Brave Tamer on my Nintendo Wii. I feel like that's that's in the same realm as like the Metabots collection or whatever, where like it, A, you'd be fortunate to see it actually happen, and B, if it actually happens, it's never gonna get localized. You can dream on. <laughs> so oh well. So D1 Tamers. Uh, so this is shortly after the event of Tag Tamers. Uh, Ken is sick in bed. So I guess this is in like some nebulous time between like the last game, uh, Tag Tamers and Zero Two, because I guess Ken hasn't gone evil yet. And so so Rio uh, answers an uh, online questionnaire that Ken alerts him to, and he is then taken to the digital world by a holy beast, which is up to your choosing depending on how you answer the questionnaire. And so, Jedi and Piximon, who is, Piximon has also been a, a Ex- recurring excuse character. Excuse me, Picklemon. Picklemon, my apologies. Picklemon and Jedi <laughs> are recurring characters throughout these games, too. You're goddamn uh, right, you're sorry. Respect <laughs> <laughs> the law, damn it. <laughs> my apologies. Um, I'm leaving that in just to uh, remark on my own mistakes. Reflect on your own hubris. Yeah. Uh, so, basically, uh, this tournament that like all of the um, eight original Digi Destin and Rio are participating in, uh, the winner will partner up with uh, the Holy Beast that is like still good because the others have like gone evil and like want power or something. Um, so they like they have to like just defeat the other ones, and it's yeah, it's it's weird. I don't. Basically, the whole uh, tournament was essentially a sham. And Rio was meant to win it, and Ty is like, "Hey, you need to. This is a training program to strengthen you for an enemy that not even the Holy Beasts, the Sovereigns, in the dub can take on." And so Rio has a strange power that only he can defeat Millennium Mon. Guess what? Millennium Mon's back. Guess what? It's Moon Millennium Mon again, and uh, it's a little crystal baby. And so Moon Millennium Mon's like, "Oh, hey, we're Shadow and Light, buddy." Uh, we can't exist without each other, and also, hey, uh, can I be your partner, please? Type of thing. And so, Ryo defeats uh, Moon Millennium on, and they're blown from the normal flow of space and time. And um, Gen- as then, end of the end of the as happens, end of the game, uh, Jedi and Ken are talking to the computer, and Ken's like, no, I, I'm sure Ryo will come back, because Ryo, you know, uh, he does seem to return unexpectedly. And it ends with, uh, one week has passed since then. Ryo-san has not returned yet. It seems he has not returned yet returned to the digital world either, according to Jedi-san's emails. Uh, he believes uh, Ryo is out for a new adventure. And no matter what happens, as long as they're a digital world, surely there's someone who needs Ryo's help. And so, last game. Brave Tamer. This is... Uh, so, that explosion I just talked about with Ryo and Millennium on... Uh, Rio gets flown to the far ancient past of the digital world and Millennium on to the present. Do both of you know what ENIAC is? Yeah, it's like the the pre-Yggdrasil, right? Like the computer that was really important to the digital world before uh, Toei decided that Yggdrasil would be like the one factory uniting every single timeline of the series. You are exactly correct. The world's first digital computer, that and something called Atonosoft. Which I guess is another computer I, I don't really know much about, but like it was, they're both basically around the same time in like the early mid 40s. They were like, they were made, and they're sort of like the foundation of like the primitive digital world. 
Um, so then we see Mono Dramon. Mono Dramon Sorry, is... I just want to say. I just want to say before you carry on. Uh, Imniac uh, is my favorite Radiohead album. Okay, carry on. <laughs> it had Creep on it, which is a very indie song. Anyways, uh, Imniac you still is. About that, aren't you? <laughs> you haven't let go. You've been holding on to this for a full week. I I ha- I mean I made that one joking tweet about how about it, but whatever. Um, <laughs> You're still not over it. I can feel it. In I'm your not voice. mad. I, I'm I'm not owned. I'm not owned. I say as I slowly turn into a Digitama. Um, so Modern Dramon is Cyber Dramon's uh, rookie form, and he, and in the blast, uh, Rio has amnesia because you need to have amnesia when you're an RPG protagonist. And uh, Enyak's like, <laughs> yep. hey, hey, bud, you need to be uh, Rio's partner. And in the future, we got Zed Millenniumon, who is a, like a third version of Millenniumon, which is like the coolest one because he's like a he's a he's a super weird monster, and he's um he's meeting resistance from the past, and of course it's because of Rio. And Zed Millenniumon is creating artificial Digimon. He's also creating like artificial humans, like. So there's a lot of like time travel stuff in this game. And so basically the idea is that like in this future, like um Millennium Mon has defeated like all the tamer, all the Digidestin and all the Zero Two ta- Digidestin and like some of the tamers too. Um, cause Millennium Mon spends the game like sending human and Digimon clones to destroy ENIAC. Because if you destroy ENIAC, then I guess the digital world is destroyed type of thing. So, like, Ryo has to face uh, the Digimon Emperor. He has to face Tai and Davis and Takato, who all got cloned. And their Digimon got cloned, too. Like, you face, like, VR, like, War Greymon and VR Omnimon and VR Gallantmon type of thing. They're made from a fallen Digimon data. And ENIAC gets injured because of these clones hurting him. Except for the Ken one, who was, like, killed, I guess. And so the okay. other being keeping the multiverse intact is Atanasoff, which is one of the other computers I brought up earlier. But that's destroyed. And but Rio manages to stop the, the clones. Uh, and with the last of Eniac's energy, uh Eniac opens a portal to the future. And Rio goes there with Monodramon and fights Millenniumon and defeats Millenniumon, uh Zed Millenniumon. And at the end of it, uh Millenniumon is, is like I'm once again he's like actually I was your partner all along type of thing like he's got, he's got kind of a problem he's Millenniumon has like big like Yandere vibes throughout these games <laughs> that's kind of what it boils down to <laughs> no he doesn't <laughs> he, Yet, can't he, say that. he literally does he literally does oh, he's no. literally obsessed with killing Rio but also being his partner okay all right. So when is so anyways, is, is, is um, that why is that why Millennium Mon Simulator hasn't come out yet? Yeah, exactly. It's taking a thousand years as <laughs> as per the name. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, Monodromon and uh, Millennium Mon uh, DNA dissolve together, which creates a Digi Egg, and they return to Eniac, and that's sort of when you know, like Rio goes to the the new the Digimon Tamers universe. Question mark? Uh, everyone, you know, everyone takes him. him. Yeah, like Eniac, like has to like um, sort of like I guess displace him or something because you know like all this like timey like nonsense is going on. 
but that uh, egg is Cyberdramon, so it's part Monodramon and part Millenniumon, and that's why he's such an angry boy. And uh, that leads to uh, this episode of Tamers. I feel like they had a good thing going there with the series, because like, based and on then the I, and then I talked about Yandere, uh, Millenniumon, and you were just out. <laughs> no, I feel. I think after the point where they like they have the. They had the lead in with uh, O2 at the end of the second game, which I thought was I thought was neat. And it's really yeah, cool. Yeah, then after that, I kind of just lost the thread. <laughs> Don't know why, but yeah, when does okay? It seems like the excuses that they used to like bring Rio into the Tamers world are poor. Um, so maybe it works better in context. I don't know. Uh, I'd like to, you know, be interested maybe to play those games. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to the site I'm giving this from. It's Sildra.net, who has uh, S-Y-L-D-R-A.net, who, who this person has posted storylines and scripts and screenshots of, of all of these games. Thank you for this work. Cool. Uh, you are braver than everyone for doing tamers. all of this. The bravest You're the bravest tamer. You're yeah. the bravest tamer. By the way, there you go. I love that name. I don't know why, but that that title for game is super evocative to me, and I don't know why, but like, I don't know. And I keep having no, to remind totally myself that. No, I totally get you. That, that, that's, that's that's not the name such of a, a song. Good name. That's not the name of like a song from the series or one of the seasons or anything. That's the name of one of the Wonderswan games. <laughs> but I I want to think maybe that maybe like the man. I think there might be manga adaptations of this stuff as well. But. I don't know, like I have no idea. There's a there's a manga frame of uh Tai of uh Manga Tai and Rio punching each other in the face. <laughs> okay. Let me get that real quick. It's actually very funny. Maybe Rio get get you know, goes over places after after Tamers. Who knows? I mean someone will know, but it isn't me. So if if you <laughs> have more real lore, please let us know. Like I I'm down this like really deep rabbit hole where like one of the Wonderswan games has been translated. I'm like, I kind of want to play it, even though it's probably like a really mid RPG. Yeah. Rio here kind of just looks like gone from Hunter X Hunter Hunter. So that's weird. That's that's the real lore. It's basically it all be summed up to like really evil, big, mean Digimon uh, shoots a spore in a boy's neck, wants another boy to be his partner, and then destroys the multiverse when he can't get what he wants. I just have one question, Sloan. How can I help? Do you pronounce the equal sign in Millenniumon? No, I don't. Because I was saying <laughs> Moon Millenniumon. Moon okay, equals Millenniumon. Well, mostly because of the side I was pulling from at the time was uh, didn't use the equal sign. So if I was doing it from the wiki, I probably might have said moon equals millennium on at least once. And I used to say it that way for a while. If you put a question sign or if you put a if you put an, S, an equal sign in it, why wouldn't I say it? Why is it moon equals millennium on, but it's just moon millennium on? Exactly. The equal sign is important. <laughs> there I feel for like a this reason. Is, this is like, I don't know. This is like on the same level as like pronouncing the band name Co uh, backwards R N or something like that. I don't know. Like sure, why not? <laughs> or like trying to pronounce the symbol that Prince used as his name for a while. Like it's, it's not, like a not gonna go well. The 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 third fear game is for three R. Yeah. Oh, I I do say oh. for three R. 
for the record. I constantly say stuff like Drift3R, for example, if you're talking yeah, about driver free. Exactly, Drift3R. <laughs> yes, of course you do. Drift3R. Drift <laughs> it's just so fun See, to say. You get it, you get it. I'm an, I'm an idiot. Um, I don't know, like, yeah, the, the, the plots of these games seem like JRPG plots. Um, there's like a weird, like, <laughs> again, not to take things too Hopefully not to take things too seriously. I'm just reading what's there on the page and, you know, get my own interpretations from it. But the whole relationship that Millennium Mon seems to have with Rio is very kind of like weirdly, very inappropriate. Romantic? Yes. <laughs> apparently, so. there, apparently there are like undertones of that, like in the script. I don't have it Ooh. all for. Yeah. Ooh. Maybe that's something that if they had localized these games, I, I imagine that would have been smoothed over. <laughs> so at least I hope so. So, uh, yeah, shame we didn't get those at the time. Because I feel like English translations of this, however good they're going to be, are probably going to be fairly faithful, even to that sort of aspect. <laughs> so, mm. but it does it does tie in, I guess, with how Tamers has like depicted Digimon and like the notion of evolution and how they like, you know, like when we're with Renamon and all those Digimon like saying, "We want to be your Tamer," so we want you to be our Tamer, even so. Kind of consistent. Okay, so brief update. So I'm, I'm looking at another place, and yeah, so Eniac returned all like the gathered Digimon. So like, like in this game, like Gilmon and Kalumon, like everyone should the gang's all here. Everyone is here, and Eniac returns them home, and he's like, "Hey, real buddy, uh, where you want to go?" And real's like, "I'm just gonna go to a new universe," and he just goes to a new universe. See, it. which That's brings up my important friggin', question: freaking idiots. <laughs> <laughs> if 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 they know that it's a show in a video game, why don't they know? Why is Rio a real person and not an RPG protagonist to them? Because they never they never got yeah the games in this universe. This is the dub universe. The games don't exist. Also, because it's the dub universe, the Digimon uh, Windows One games aren't something you need to consider either because they but never they came out in America. <laughs> they never came out in they America. Should have. <laughs> They didn't exist, as far as we we, we knew. So, uh, the dub is like the anime is real. Nothing else is. <laughs> you know, the card game, I guess, is real. What what's a what's a Wonder Swan? Said literally everyone. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I kind of this is yeah this is kind of where the dubs like like I think incredibly smart and cool like choice to make the. Is this thing Digimon franchise, as it were, a real thing, rather than just being what the what the actual writing is, which is um, there is a Digimon card game, a video game, and stuff, but it's 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 not exactly the same as it is in the real world, quote unquote. Um, so that's that's where that choice kind of falls apart because of this notion. But at the same time, uh, watching this as someone without any of that knowledge is very, I don't know, like it, it it's. It still works. Like I think the dub gets Rio across as it needs to, you know, as just a cool guy who, yeah, he seems like a bit of a he seems like a bit of an odd addition and so on. And maybe they'll like explain the stuff in a bit more detail, perhaps down the line in like a dub fashion. But for now, I think he, I think they say as much as they need to around him. And maybe that's just me talking from hindsight, now, knowing that he got background in the video now games. You're all... But burdened and cursed with glorious knowledge. <laughs> yes. Suffering from success. That's right. God, this this is so fascinating to me because it's like there's literally four games that we don't know about 
but that are so like fundamental to like the series. I think it's fundamental so, it's might just be. so wild to think about. Fundamental might fundamental. be overstating Ken, it. Ken, Ken, Ken is the way he is because Rio is to blame for Ken being evil. In my TED okay. talk, I will. In O2, absolutely. In this series, I mean, he's he's actually in this series, so it's kind of a bit different. <laughs> you know. No, it's the, it's the same Rio though. So he should be he should be like carrying this guilt all through him. Be like, man, my buddy Ken, like Ken. Like, Itchy Dillage is like, yeah, you know him? It's like, yeah, from the TV show. Yes. It's like, hey, can can you get some food out of the uh, out of our supplies? It's like, oh, can... Ah! It just has like a... Yeah, exactly. Pushback. <laughs> just getting Perfect. set off. Um, anyway. Um, Thank you for letting me talk about four Wonderswan games that literally no one but like me and probably like three people who don't listen to this podcast care about. You're welcome. Yeah, no worries. Shall we take a break before we move on to the next episode? Let's please take a break. Okay, cool. Okay, we'll back to the vocal cords cool down a bit. Exactly. <laughs> next on Fox Kids, it's two new Digimon adventures. Awesome! Lost and separated from one another, the teamers meet their ultimate match. It's him! Will he change their lives forever? When Kalamon becomes the digital world's most wanted Come out, come out, wherever you are Can the Tamers reach him before the Davis do? Reformat him We're officially toast Find out on two new Digimon Starting next, only on Fox Kids And we're back We took a quick break because Oh my god, did we Did I really talk about Wonderswan games for 30 minutes? <laughs> yep Needed to, you know, stretch our legs Vocal cords, whatever Whatever, <laughs> you know, refresh. But we're 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 here now. We're ready to talk about the next episode. Finally, and with that next episode talk, Tom, would you like to allow me to rest my vocal cords and talk about episode twenty nine? <laughs> I'll take the reins. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to talk about episode twenty nine, which is called Goliath in the English dub. In the Japanese version, it is called Here is the Ghost Castle: The Great Escape of Stray Kulimon. Which is, of course, the Japanese name for Kalimon. Um, quite a contrast in episode titles. <laughs> um, I feel like it's rare we get an episode title in the in a dub either, which isn't just a pawn of some sort or reference. So here we are, Goliath. Yeah, it feels like they just kind of gave up on this one. Like it's it's pretty related to the actual episode itself. Yeah, it, it's like the very last moment. Uh, I was like watching it all the whole time, thinking, is Goliath like a is that like a juggernaut type thing? Like, are we going to get Yamaki stuff again? And it's like, no, this is this is something that happens at the end of the episode. Okay. Um, anyway, this aired on the 21st of October in Japan in 2001 and the 23rd of February in the US in 2002 and was written by Adele Lim in the dub version and was written by someone else for the Japanese version, which I don't have in front of me. I really wish the wiki entries we're using would list those, but... Oh well, uh, just after you I don't have to have. I can give you those. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so in uh, the the writer in Japanese is Genki Yoshimura, same dude who did the past episode, the, 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 the sorry, the last episode, and it was right. directed by Hiroyuki uh, Kakudo, who is a new name as far as I'm aware. Right, excellent. Thank you for that. Okay, so this episode kind of pretty much picking up where the last one left off for the most part. You've got two groups still. You've got Takato team, who it's it's him. It's you know not counting the Digimon, it's him, Jerry, and Henry. And then you've got the other party, which is it's Kazu, Kenta, and Ryo, and Cybertron, of course. 
Rika's having stormed off. Oh, um, and uh, actually, hold on, hold up one second. I I stand corrected. I for some reason I knew the name uh, Hiroyuki Kakudo rang a bell. It's because this is the first episode he's directed, but he was the series director of the first two seasons of the show. Oh, oh. interesting. Nice. So this is this is his Tamer's debut. Nice. Which I guess makes sense considering it has elements from the first season in it. Sure. Yeah. I, I guess so. I, I think the structures. Yeah. That's that. You you're absolutely correct. Yeah. So this episode involves Takato's group running into the. I'm going to call it Rio's group because calling it Kazu's group or Kenta's group does not sound remotely correct. Disgusting. So they basically all reunite. Yes. <laughs> and they, you know, they sort of get introduced to Rio and they have a chat, blah, blah, blah. Cyber German almost bites Takato's head off. So, yeah, it's all fun and games. Rio basically explains that this place that they found themselves in, there is a castle which they can stay and, you know, rest and recuperate. And no one lives there. Which is a bold faced lie, as we'll end a bit. So it's totally, totally cool to just crash there and chill. Now, before I go any further, I have, I've got to mention that this whole town that they found themselves in vastly different from any other place that they've seen so far in the digital world this looks like a monochrome pablo picasso drawing of a town like it has that very same sort of uh, very abstract style there is a artistic phrase for this i, I forget what the, what the picasso phrase is but it's got that same sort of style with like very everything just looks very off kilter and and you know nonsensical and whatever and everything's drawn with like hard lines as well it does not look like they should be here, you know. But sure enough, nonetheless, they're going to go into this castle and spend the night. Uh, and inside, it looks much more, you know, normal, at least in terms of, like, there's beds and stuff like that. So they're all spending the night there. Now, this castle, like I say, is not empty at all. I don't know if he owns it or anything like that, but it is patrolled, basically, at night by uh, Nightmon. That's Knight with a, with a K. Uh, so he's very much like the exactly what you'd expect him to look like really Rio gives a warning to Kenta that he oh Kazu I forget which that he roams the halls at night looking to decapitate his next enemy which is very grim and frankly Rio just coming across like a like a bit more of a psycho so, you know good for him so they're crashing in the night and while 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 overnight obviously you know they have various the characters basically can't really sleep that well other than Rio because this is all very still new to them and, and there's a lot going on. Takato wakes up and he's sort of digging through the supplies that his, his parents gave him and he finds a letter from his a letter and a good luck charm from his mum. And he's reading this out and it's sort of going back to while while he's reading this, it's been narrated by the voice of his mother, and we kind of get to see a bit of them at home. So it's off the shot of the you know, the digital, of the real world while they're in the digital world. It's, uh, it's back at the Takato. I forget his last name. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> it's back at the Takato household. And he is... Uh, his parents there are His mum's... There we go. Thank you. His parents are, like, keeping it together. Well, it's sort of. Like, his mum is, is very emotional still about it. And, and you know, it's, it, she has a bit of a, a sad moment whilst his dad is trying to bake some Gilmore bread and you know, he's still getting there. So, but it's a very encouraging note, and it's a very sweet moment. And then after that, he has a bit of a chat with Jerry about, you know, about it all, and you know, they're 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 continuing their their blossoming friendship. So it's it's a very sweet moment. Meanwhile, <laughs> all this stuff's happening. We can catch up with Makuramon, who's riding on the back of Majiramon, 
I have the David names ready at hand this episode, so I'm much well prepared and will actually read the David names. But Majiramon is basically a big dragon. He looks just like, well, he doesn't look just like, but he's reminiscent of Falcor from the Neverending Story. <laughs> so that's my reference point. Also Shenron from Dragon Ball Z. Yes, he's kind of like a mix between Shenron and Falcor, so which is kind of cool when I put it like that. But yeah, he is a he's a sort of wizened old dragon. And Makaramon, of course, the, the the monkey Digimon we'd seen before, who originally stole Kalimon. So they're on the hook for Kalimon, of course. Kalimon is currently walking around and he's wearing the flag that he took last time as a cape because it's a lot more easier to. But he's still using it as a reference point. He runs into a Digimon called Dogimon or Dogmon, I guess is more accurate. I'm seeing it named as both. So Dogimon. Dogimon's the English dub name. Dogmon's the Japanese one. Okay, right. Okay, I'm going to use Dogimon because I find that more fun. Dogimon is such a weird Digimon. We'll get into it in a bit, but he's very reminiscent of like a Western cartoon in the way that he's acted and his his expressions and so on. His whole thing is very... His double is even based on uh, Muttley from... Yes, um... yes. Wacky uh, races, races. That's, that's the name. Wacky races, catch the Doggy straight up uh, came from Pegasus's deck in Yu-Gi-Oh to, to Moonlight and Digimon Tamers. <laughs> so that's kind of fun. So Doggymon is chasing Kalamon over the desert, thinking you're basically trying to eat Kalamon. Later on, Kalamon runs into Beelzemon. Even though Takata, even though Kalamon's like, "Hey, have you seen my friends?" and he and the friends that he's shown Beelzemon are the ones that Beelzemon's been asked to assassinate, essentially. <laughs> the Elzaman just sort of stares him down and then just rides off on the bike and Kalamon is not thrilled about that. And then later and then Kalamon runs into some of the data balls, the like tumbleweeds that they tumbleweed data things that they found when they originally came to the digital world. Kalamon loves them, he's like running around, he's happy at last. Some weird like little flying bug slash fairy things start flying alongside him. Obviously I, I know what they are, but like I'm keeping it vague for now. And they start, you know, sort of following him. And as Kalamon's running and he's happy and he's singing a song of sorts, he starts glowing, basically. Like, he's leaving, like, a glowing track in his path. And also his, like, his red triangle on his forehead starts lighting up the same way it has done a few times now, a good few times now, whenever there's evolution happening. So this 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 path that he's leading is basically pure digivolution energy, which easy enough to surmise because a bunch of woodmon which are nearby like watching Kalamon essentially all suddenly just evolve into cherrymon <laughs> so and they're like whoa what the hell this light show of course stands out a lot so Makuraman and Majiramon quickly show up to go catch Kalamon however they kind of show up at the wrong time or I guess it's just like a bad coincidence because Rio and Takato and the rest show up as well they've they basically go down a spiral staircase, which just leads them from like one plane in the digital world to another. So they basically just come out of a hole in the sky into the desert. And Cybergemon is like, oh, I want to fight that guy, seeing Majiramon. So they do fight. Cybergemon's kind of getting beat up because he's just way too small. <laughs> but then Rio basically plays his trump card and he uses Goliath, which is a card that basically makes Cybergemon huge. And he's just basically able to like grab Majiro one and he basically just like breaks his back. It's very kind of graphic and he's like at the moment his spine would basically snap it off. He he just like disintegrates into uh, into data. And then Cyberman. Cyberman still wants to fight and Rio recognizes this rather than trying to calm him down. He's just like, Okay, I'm gonna get Cyberman to like go fight someone else, so we're gonna see you in a bit. <laughs> and uh, and they peace out. So this is the end of this is the end of Rio for for the time being, leaving the rest of them to 
you know, next stop, try and find Rika and then maybe Calamon. So and that's this episode. Kind of a lengthy description because there was a lot going on in this episode and all of it was pretty damn good, uh, if you ask me. So Yeah, I like I like it. I I I'm not I got kind of emotional at like the, the good luck charm from his mom. I'm just like, this is so sweet. Like I I I love like the the the, the family like bond that Takato has with his parents and like then you see like the, the flashback or like not the flashback, but like the, the simultaneous like what's going on in the real world of his mom's like clearly being upset and his dad trying to comfort her while Takato's reading it. I was like, God, this is so good. Like I, I love like such like a little bit, but I think this was exactly the right moment to tie it back into yeah. the real world. Like you you you're five episodes now into you know digital world stuff. I think it's the right moment to say let's let's remind people of, you know, the the human side of things which we've spent so much time on in the show already. Yeah. It's it's just real, it's just so sweet like it's like I, I I, I love little things like that. Like, I really appreciate, like, a lot of the side characters and, like, just, like, that little presence of, like, did they have to do that? Like, of course not. Like, they do it and, like, and it it helps, like, show shine light on, like, Takato and his family and, like, also Takato's motivations and, like, him sort of, like, continuing to to grow and show how he's grown, like, over the course of the series so far to, like, the fact that he decided to go to the digital world. Like, it's it's just, like, a very wonderful moment. Yeah, agreed. I really do just love like the the nostalgic callback of like, you know, here's the the, the castle that was all the way back in episode thirteen of season one, and um, is it know, explicitly got, meant? Like, is it explicitly meant to be I the same? I think so because the the beds are laid out in the exact same way, and if I'm not mistaken, like there were talks of like you know something patrolling the halls at night in the the original castle as well. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's. Yeah, like, I think that's, like, a neat, like, little thing, too, of, like, oh, like, this is, like, this digital world's version of, like, the the place that Devimon, like, conjured up, you know? Mm-hmm. I suppose so. Uh, sorry, on episode 13, episode 8, it was, FF 13 was the one yeah, where Devimon uh, actually appears. Yeah. Yeah. But it's funny, because, like, nothing really happens, which is, like, you know, it's kind of a nice version on the, on the trope, the haunted, <laughs> the haunted castle trope, but, um... Obviously, exactly. Nightmon being in there yeah. is, is kind of fun. No, no Devimon banishing people to um, the Arctic in their underwear in this one. <laughs> it's <laughs> exactly, a real relief. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty fortunate. I, I just think that's very funny. He's like, yeah, like, and he's like, oh, yeah, he's just looking to the Capsi enemies, and Ken's just like, oh, what? And he's like, oh, I don't know. It's just like, don't make him mad, I guess. And he just goes right back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Rio has Rio has seen enough. <laughs> you know he's seen enough uh, bad shit. You know he's not he's not worrying. He's about like, it. bro, I've literally been to the 1940s. I don't care about one night, Mon. <laughs> it's, it's so weird. Uh, speaking of weird, um, I want to talk about Doggy Mon because this Digimon is fascinating to me. I had no recollection of him at all. Uh, uh, you know, he's such a cool little guy. It's so strange. Like, yeah, it reminds me a lot of like. It reminds me a lot of uh, Mutley, obviously, but what it also reminds me of is there's a cartoon with on British TV. It's it's kind of one of those things that we ran a lot. It's called Rhubarb and Custard. R- wait, Rhubarb and Custard? Yes. I dig and that. And it, it aired in the 70s. And I think it's had various like views and stuff, whatever. Anyway, 
and if you google it you're going to come up so i think it's, it's rhubarb spelled r-o-o um so the dog is i forget which one's which i think the dog's rhubarb oh yeah because they're colored oh, by the way if you look at the theme song for the show it has the absolute i'm gonna i'm gonna say stankiest <laughs> like it, has, it just has the most ridiculous theme song um it, <laughs> if you hear it once you'll like never forget it it's so good um but yeah, oh, I love. Dog, I've looked them up. I of. love these little guys. These guys rock. They're fantastic. Um, rhubarb is very, very. Doggy Mom reminds me a lot of rhubarb, um, and also yeah, Mutley, um, while being a completely different color for neither of them. But like, yeah, and also like gone through like the anime filter. It almost feels like the reverse. <laughs> it feels like the. Um, it feels like when a Western animation, like something like. Flapjack or whatever, no, not uh, well, yeah, or Flapjack or Amazing World of Gumball or something does like the anime parody. It feels like that kind of design, like a west a western design put yeah. through an anime an anime filter by someone who is isn't terrible at what they're doing. Um, so very like, like very the strange. one intern who knows anime. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, although I think we're seeing an increasing amount of those sorts of things where the people who work on the show, like at the top level, love anime, so it's like really well done. Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah Doggy Mom is fascinating to me for like such a just like a one-off appearance of a Digimon. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I, I I love that guy. He's great. Yeah. So strange. It's you're going to be seeing more of him in uh, in Frontier. He gets an entire episode as the the villain of the week. So oh, that's right. Huh. Okay, well, I'll see. We'll see if my uh, opinion of him. I'm gonna say he probably talks more in that role, <laughs> so we'll see if that changes. No, he's right. the, the the episode he appears in in Frontier is basically like a direct wacky racist parody, where he's he's paired up oh. with um Shadow Wergerumon, who's basically Snidely Whiplash in terms of personality and and mannerisms. What? I love it. I mean, I love the sound of it. We'll see if I actually love it. <laughs> I think it's it's one of the more tolerable Frontier episodes because it's like goofy and fun and not like miserable plot based slog. Okay, <laughs> good to know. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'm I'll very better. I'm sorry. One. No, no, we know. Hey, I about, we know I, how you I feel I about Frontier. With, uh, 2020 all the time. It's we all have we all have our crosses to bear. Anyway, you know what, you know what, oh sorry, go on, go on. You know what I love in this episode? I loved um. The dramatic irony of Beelzemon coming across Kalumon, and Kalumon is the reason why the Devas want him to assassinate the the Tamers so that they can get Kalumon. But Beelzemon doesn't know that, so he just kind of looks at him and drives away. Like he could have solved his problem was that without having to kill anyone or do any moral, you know, weirdness, just by picking up a little scamp and taking him with him on his bike. But that that wouldn't have been nearly as hype. It wouldn't have been, but I just love that kind of dramatic irony where it's like the thing yeah. you're looking for is right in front of you and you don't even know it. I, I love the fact that Beelzebub just like straight up like does like, he like revs the engine so that way like all the, all the dirt like just flies into his face. I find that like <laughs> really funny. Just, just Itmon just like being a little jerk to him. Yeah. He's got a very, he's got a very, I don't know, Beelzebub's personality feels very different, mainly because we haven't really heard much from him or... I guess we haven't really seen much of him either. But he, yeah, he just comes across as like very, he's only interested in one thing and it's uh, it's driving around this desert. <laughs> like he does not give a single who's about much else. You know, now he's finally got some sort, sort, sort of sense of freedom. Um, so it kind of makes sense that he just looks at Calamon and is like, 
I mean, you clearly know the people that I need to go and kill, but eh, <laughs> you know, you're, you're like you're like clearly someone who is something I should be concerned with, but eh, I'm biking. Yeah, he's in his midlife crisis or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like he's only interested in his Harley or <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Um, what did you make of the end of this one? With the um, I kind of found that fight really brutal. <laughs> and I love it. Like, like, Dave was. I think I think the concept so of like the easily. Goliath card, like it's like it's just like used one time, right? But I think it's like infinitely fascinating. I'm just like. Yeah, like, here's just, like, this super card that Ryo has, because he's Ryo, that just straight up makes uh, Cybertramon grow, like, to 50 feet, and he can just straight up crush a Deva, like, one of the most powerful Devas, presumably. Yeah, and it, it, it's even more brutal in the sub, where, like, you can actually hear, like, the <laughs> sound as he's squeezing this at the head. Yeah, I love that. Um, there that, was a that really rocks. funny line that I, I didn't think needed to be there in the sub, but it's there nonetheless, <laughs> where, when, um, when... Rio uses the, the the Goliath card to make Cybertron grow gigantic. Um, Henry kind of cinemasins the series by looking at him and saying, "How is like how is he so how is his body supporting his own weight of that size? Shouldn't he be collapsing under the weight of his own muscles?" Like uh, Henry, <laughs> leave, it, leave it to Henry to freaking invoke the square cube law in a life or death situation. He just dynamaxed. It's fine. You know, he's the kind of person who watches Godzilla and goes, "Oh, well, actually, whoa, his lungs would clap as soon as he went on, went on land." Whoa! <laughs> I hate. Can we do that? Are we allowed to do that? I don't know what that is. That was, like, that, the that was, that was... Theme from Sword and Shield. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh god. Right. Fake yeah, fan. I was thinking. I was thinking of like, is that like? That's a CinemaSins reference or something. <laughs> I don't know my CinemaSins. Ew. I don't know if, my CinemaSins. I, I, I would force you both to, like, kick me off this podcast if that was okay. the case. Good. You done. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. Like, the... Um, it was just so... Yeah, just a very brutal fight. That whole sequence, though, with, like, Calamon running around the desert and the, and the evolution, like, trailer he leaves or whatever, that's such a good way to, like get more into Calamon's like power. Because he has exactly. incredibly power yeah, he's incredibly powerful, but like they just express it through like this really sort of joyous moment for Calamon, even if it is really silly. Yeah. Honestly, this is the this is I almost hit my breaking point in this moment with Calamon's like sing song la 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 voice. But I but yeah, it was it was like <laughs> that whole thing with the evolution trail was like that fascinating enough to like sort of Pull me back in, if it, as it were. Um, very. Oh, good. It, and it, I liked, was. I liked it was much worse than the, or not worse, so to say. But if if that bothered you, then the the Japanese version would bother you a lot more. Because yeah, uh, one so. sings their image song, which is just called Kulu Kulu Kuluman, and it is just as um, let's say um, diabetically sweet as that name implies. <laughs> Sickeningly saccharine. Yes, yes, that's a good way of putting it. I think I think one thing I appreciate a lot about Calamon in the dub is, even though they do gender Calamon um, as like masculine pronouns and that, they I don't know like the voice that they chose to go with is like so. Um, I don't know what the right word is here, like uh, ambiguous, I suppose, or non-specific non, non or I don't know I don't know what the best word is but you know what I'm getting at right so 
It, it's yeah, like the, the, in, in Japanese, Kalamon doesn't have a defined gender identity, and because of how pronouns work in Japanese, the they're not going to tell you that either. No, 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 no. But like, does the voice sound? I don't know. That's not pop pop. No, that's probably not the right way to put what it. What are you? Um, I'm, I'm Kalamon. What's in your pants? The power it's... of Digivolution. <laughs> <laughs> it, there we go. I'll, I'll put it this way: Have you have you ever heard TK's Japanese voice from season uh, one? I, I have definitely heard it, but I cannot recall it. That's pretty much what Kalamon's voice sounds like in Japanese. Just like very very high pitched and and squeaky. Huh. Okay. Which would fit for Kalamon, to be fair. Just Kalamon's a little marshmallow. Kalamon needs a marshmallow voice. The Kalamon's archetype, that makes a lot of sense. Oh, but yeah. We gotta do the thing that uh, No More Heroes 3 does with Gene and just give Kalamon, like, the really, like, deep voice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Love it. That's such a, that's such a really fun choice. That'd be really good. On that point. Uh, uh, speaking of, just because I brought it up just then, I guess, why did they change Kalamon's name for the, uh, for the dub? Like, they, they make extremely arbitrary changes sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, it's strange. I wonder if it was just like they found it too difficult to say because Kulimon does sound a bit awkward in a sense. Or maybe it's just because I'm used to Kalamon, but I don't know. Like it's, it does feel very yeah. It's so why <laughs> you know? Yeah, the weird thing is that its its name is actually a a weird like broken telephone of of mistranslations, even in the Japanese version. So Kulu comes from Kuru, which is the last syllable of Kabankuru, which is the Japanese name, or Japanese pronunciation of the name of a cryptid called a carbunclo, which is a Latin American creature that has a jewel on its forehead and can give people good fortune. Oh, the carbuncle. Oh, okay. Final Fantasy. Yeah, well, that, that's what it's also based on, yeah. Yeah. So Interesting. It's, it's uh, yeah, it, it's a strange, like, broken telephone of, of, of translations and cultural um, shifts. Like, it's further broken by the dub changing one of the, one of the characters to, to Ka instead of Ku. Right. Like, if you look on the wiki, the only explanation it gives for the English name is just corruption of Japanese name, that's it. <laughs> but, I mean, we're only a couple episodes out from Chuchi Dairumon, which is also a nonsense name that does not actually oh. mean anything in Japanese, so... Yeah, that was just wrong. <laughs> like, we we knew that was wrong, so... Very strange. I also do wonder why they made the change from Dogmon to Dogimon. Uh, I do prefer it, I think it's a good choice, but... I think, it, I I think it's, it's from just... the flaps, honestly, because... Dogumon is two is two syllables. Ah, okay, that makes that sense. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Like a lot of a lot of name changes are to um to fit the lip flaps because, um, you know the way the Japanese pronunciation works, they add extra syllables in uh, to romanized words sometimes. Right. I see. Interesting. I I find it very like funny and horrifying that at the end of like that battle when, uh. Cybertramon like literally just crushes uh Majiramon. Jerry's like, oh my god, what what just happened? Everyone else is like this is so rad. And Jerry's like, you guys, like this the Cybertramon just murdered a dragon by crushing it. Like this is just she's slowly getting scarred. Her saying awful and them saying awesome. Um Everyone's correct. Yeah. No one is wrong. <laughs> so it is both awesome and awful. It's all it, 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 it's very like you know using great man as a like a as a term that isn't just like adoration or whatever. But it's it's that kind of thing where yes, yeah. awesome like in a very literal sense, but also it's Kazu and Kenza, so like you know they just mean like that was rad as hell, dude. <laughs> so um, this is yeah, rad. Very, 
just I love bad. when when um, dragons crush other dragons. And Jerry's like, what's wrong with you? I just like McCormon just being like, well, time to go. <laughs> like, he, he knows. Like, yeah. Even before. He's such a before, coward and I love it. He has extremely good survival instincts. He's like, I think that's my cue to leave. That's even before Majiramon, if I remember correctly. That's even before Majiramon. Yeah, but he, he just, he knows, he knows how things are going to go. He, he doesn't want to be there when it happens. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I extremely appreciate like the 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 cowardice that he has. Like I that's always a good trait in a in a in a diabolical like intelligent villain, I feel like is just cowardice. <laughs> it's funny cuz I, I I he also has the vibe of like a villain that is there's no chance in hell that he's getting a like a a happy ending so to speak you know and i don't mean that he's gonna fight yeah. them and then lose because obviously but like i don't even think that will happen i imagine imagine whatever that dog digimon that um that gave impmon his powers i forget the names i'm sorry i'm so bad um Kat- I, I can just imagine him just eating him for some reason <laughs> like it's like oh you idiot That'd you can't really count cool. him onto me you know yeah no, you, yum yum yum, yum yum yeah exactly Right in, uh, right in make an, Katsuramon's tum. I was gonna, I was gonna make an Austin Powers reference <laughs> that I decided, to, I decided against it. <laughs> so um, <laughs> hit the abort button on that before it could be fully, yeah. uh, fully yeah. developed. Exactly. What's um, exactly? What's your everyone's opinion on the uh, the letter that Takato's mom writes to him? It's so, uh, it's, yeah. It's it's like I said earlier. It's really sweet. I, I just think it's such a good like defining moment for for Takato's um development. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a sweet moment and I like I like um I like Jerry in this moment as well because she's like Takato's still of the age where he's not just gonna be upfront about this stuff, he's still gonna be embarrassed about it. So I like Takato. I like Jerry just being able to break through his guard, as it were, and actually okay, ask I... him about it or so on. I, I just gotta say the the moment when uh I I've been like you know like I I like it but it's not like I'm not like the hugest fan of it I'm not like really like I wasn't really feeling it as much up to this besides more like oh like this is cute and you know what's gonna happen but Takato being like I'm really glad you came with us Jerry and Jerry being like yeah like I'm really glad I came too like I'm like okay that's it I'm now feeling the ship like they got me I just I just needed that one moment and I'm like okay like I'm I'm kind of emo over it. Would you like to hear uh, the, the the letter in Japanese? Because I, I painstakingly yes. transcribed it, having to pause Ooh. like fifty times, and I I will not go for an answer. I no, please do. I'm I'm always fascinated by this. Okay, so um, it's a lot more heartfelt and a lot less jokey than the the English version, but it's uh, it, it is very good still. So this is Takato. I don't know if you'll, if you'll notice this letter, but it bothered me that I couldn't see you off properly, so I decided to write it anyway. I still remember the day you were born like it was yesterday. You were a really big baby, so delivering you took some time and it was pretty tough. But you've grown up so quickly without me noticing, and you've maintained that toughness all the time. It's amazing how time flies. I put in an omamori, which is like the Japanese talisman that she included, uh, along with this letter. I trust you, so this is just a wish from a foolish, uh, worried mother. Have a safe trip and come back safely. Aww. I like how you say, like, it's not, like, as jokey, but at the same time, she's like, man, Takara, you were a huge baby. <laughs> Literally and it's, figuratively. I yes. just think it's cool how, like, it gives that, she gives a through line of, like, you know, you were you were tough back then and you're still tough now, so. 
You ruin my body. Anyway, I love Tom. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just like the I trust you. I think that that's like kind of a, uh, like a, a key thing that was missing from the um, the dubs version. I don't. I, I still think the dub. I mean, like, that sounds good, but I still like really like the dub. Uh, is version. I think it's like very like sweet. Like I, I know you said like about like being jokey, but like I, I kind of enjoy like enjoy that fact just for the fact that it's like, oh, like it's probably like a method she's using to sort of deal with the fact that her kid is going to a dangerous computer dimension type thing. Yeah, I just think it's it's nice that it's she finally says that um in the subversion because that's like a running theme throughout the both versions is that. She didn't think that she could handle himself, or that he could handle himself by himself. Like he didn't, she didn't right. really trust him to, you know, be able to make it back on his own. So having yeah. that like explicit acknowledgement, like yes, I do trust you. I know that you're going to do this. Um, I think is really nice. Yeah, totally. I, I I really like that too. It's that's it's just such a cute, like sweet thing. I think the fact that she let him go is implicit acknowledgement of that. Um, for what it's worth, like I'm, I'm not saying that that moment isn't needed or anything like that but uh or sorry i'm not saying that moments are necessary or anything like that but i do think it kind of works regardless she's like hanging on by the by a thread or whatever you know she's like a very she's she's got a lot on her plate as a parent and uh and and i think like her strictness yeah. kind of comes from that it's because she gives so much of a shit about scato and and you know the family in general yeah it's um I, i'm not surprised to see that she would just like be a bit more jokey in the dub, like not just because it's like yes, because it's the dub, it's more jokey as a rule. But like, also, I think it works for her character and how she's been betrayed. Sorry, portrayed, portrayed <laughs> so far. So um, yeah. Anyway, I, I, I by like her that. son. <laughs> betrayed, yes. Um, betrayed by the by her her husband making poor quality Gilmore bread. That looks like it could just be. That could, that could be any red Digimon. No, let's be real. It's cute. I like. I want to eat Gilmon bread. Like it, it's it's it looks like tasty yes. bread with peanut butter and like I'm all in for Gilmon bread. Sounds pretty good. I wonder if they ever. I wonder if they ever made that like as merch or as like a like a something. Like, I wonder like if a pop-up yeah, store. like if there's been like a pop up cafe yeah. for it and it's yeah. like oh like here's a little piece of Gilmon bread you get with your uh your like thirty dollar like hamburger. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Can I also just say, it feels, like, so weird at the end when uh, Ryo and Cyberdramar are, like, later, he's like, say hi to that wildcat Rika for me. I was like, buddy, like, you need to, you need to chill a little bit. She really, she really hates your guts, bro. No, she, she doesn't. She does. It's she doesn't. not real. She, it's, 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 a... it's forced. <laughs> it's all forced. <laughs> You can't just say you can't just say everything in the show, romantically or whatever, is forced, and that only only headcanon. I'm not. I'm is, saying. I'm saying. Th- I'm saying this is one valid. is forced. <laughs> just I'm because saying only this one is forced. Just I'm not Joe even bringing this. Never brought, in the show. Uh, <laughs> you you brought that up. I think you have the issue. Uh, I mean, I have issues. I don't know. I don't. I don't think that's one of them. I told you both. I felt like. This was like the moment where I'm really like, okay, like now I now I can now I'm feeling the, the Jerry Takato thing because like it's been leading up to it, where like Takato's had like the little crush and then like Jerry has like the little crush sword too, but this is just like ah I I'm into Rika and Rika's like oh I'm into Rio but I hate him. Yeah, 
I mean, it's the whole scene which is like stupid, perfect face and all that. It's like okay, all right, girl. Yeah, calm down. It's like this is laying on a little thick. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, is there anything else we need to run through in this episode? I mean, I, I, I thought this was pretty good, but it was, it did feel a bit more straightforward, I guess. Um, there's some yeah. cool stuff yeah. in this episode, but it's very, like. I think a lot of happens in this episode, but it's not like more than the sum of its, it's parts, so to speak. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, sure. I think I think the, the I, I really. Go ahead. Go sorry. On. No, no, it's fine. no. Go ahead. You go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> no, you go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess I'll go ahead now. Uh, I like the. I just like the line where Tyrion says, "You're not in Kansai anymore," and I'm like, "Okay." That's good, cause they're they're doing oh, the line, but they but they make it for for Japan. So I'm like that. I like that. I dig that. I didn't even notice that, but that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, like, I was like they that's, would that's just. A, I'm like, that's a good little thing. They would just make that reference, like you know the the normal one, the Kansas one. Like they would just say that. Yeah. Like that. I would not pull the, that past the dub in the slightest. So yeah, to see them do that is um, is pretty is pretty fun. I completely missed that line though. I don't know how I how I managed that. Yeah, I was going to say the um, yeah. I think the standouts in this episode is definitely like the the Picasso village or whatever. The, the, um, and then like the the ending with, with massive Cyberdramon, and then yes, the 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 uh, the letter from Takato's mom. So uh, I'm really interested to see how long will it be. Does anyone do either of you remember until we see? Rio again, now that he's spirited away. I believe he shows up again, like, right before they leave for the real world. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a while. And right, then he okay. kind of, like, shows up periodically, like, up until the end of the of the show. Like, he, he helps out, but... Do we ever learn... Do we ever learn about what he's been getting up to in between that time? Like, say, through a video game released on a... Uh, on a, on a minor, Unfortunately, on a less popular <laughs> console. There choice. are no more Wonder Swan games. No. <laughs> if there How was, I would have. Bro- I, I would have brought. No, actually, if there was, I would. I would still make this thing. Actually, I wouldn't even be smart enough to say like, no, there are no more Wonder Swan games, and like spring it all on you as a surprise later. I would have just said. You brought us up to the, this moment in the show where like the plot happened. You know, if you'd have gone on, it would have been spoilers. So you know. You gotta save true. it. You gotta save it till later. But I'm not that smart. I, would, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have saved the existence of it. I just would have said, "Yeah, there was one." So okay, all right. I might have to look into like the history of Rio and like what happens next because I do not recall what happens in this show. And obviously, the dub kind of obscure it anyway. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, good episodes this week. I. I still feel like it's kind of weird that like Rio shows up, like defeats. Um, Mega Dramon and Majiramon and is kind of like peace later and like cartwheels out. But like I still I still dig these episodes. Like there's like a lot of good stuff to it. And I even discounted like all the stuff I looked into about Rio. Like I appreciate like the addition of like this new like mysterious character and his cool Digimon and like how like things are sort of building up like around like new locations of the digital world and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean I enjoyed them quite a lot. So with that. Tom, if uh, if someone wants to send in some mail to to ask us a question, maybe they want to inquire about more lore. Maybe not. Maybe they just want to ask about anything else. Uh, 
Can you help me out on where they can send some of that to? Yeah, sure. I mean, we call it post over here, but I'll I'll oh, okay. I'll, I'll oblige your request. Um, oh, like on, a, like, on, like on like on like on a Twitter, <laughs> like you you do a post. Okay. <laughs> no, no, please do not send us your posts. We we don't want to see any posts. Uh, but we will definitely see your emails, which you can send to DigiNovaCast. That's uh, D I G I uh, NovaCast at gmail.com. So if you'd like to send us any emails, any thoughts, any theories, any wacky requests, um, within reason, <laughs> just uh, yeah, feel free to pop us an email over. You can also catch us on Twitter uh, at DigiNovaCast. Um, and that's what, you know, if you want to send us a DM or just at us directly, then then please feel free to do so. This is no, this is not a do not at me zone. This is a, this is a please, please at please us at if, you, if you would like to. Please, please at me, Jeb Bush, 2016. Um, <laughs> sorry. That's a good idea. Yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, always, always appreciate that stuff. And it's fun to chat through and, and all that. So we'll look forward to uh, uh, when we get some, when we get some more. Yeah. So with that, Scrafty, what have you been up to and where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Scrafty Devil. Um, I was busy staying up, almost pulling all nighter, playing uh, a little game you might have heard of. It was called Delta Rune Chapter Two. No, I, weird. I haven't no. heard of it. What's <laughs> doesn't exist I'm not yet? Talk about I'm not, <laughs> not until I anything. I'm not going to spoil okay. anything aside from saying it's very, very good. It was worth you know blazing through in one night because as soon as I finished and went to go on Twitter to say that I finished, I saw. People posting spoilery screen caps without any tags or whatever. Of so course, if you do they that. Do. If you do that, you are not seeing heaven. Um, Can but confirm. It was very good. I, I, I liked what? it a lot. What? It was. I want to know what kind of like, I like. Well, I don't. Know, I want to know what the inciting incident is for those people who are out there doing that shit. Like, I want to know what what went wrong in their lives or what like vital vital I... moral they missed out on. To make it feel okay. Decency. I honestly just think that social media incentivizes, like, you know, being first so much that if they see a funny line, they want to post it so they can get all the clout from people retweeting it. And they only get that if they're the first person to post it, because otherwise people will just retweet the first one they see. Agreed, um, slash yeah. first. So there's that, and there's, like, this obsession with, like, you know, putting every single thought you ever have on the internet, which means, you know, commenting on every step of the game even though you know it just came out and people haven't had a chance to play it yet yeah and i think it's also part of the fact of like hey like i want to spoil this thing that like people have waited for type of thing yeah anyway just, like, like, like how can how rude. can i ruin someone's day yeah <laughs> but like anyway sure. just don't 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 be rude don't spoil this game um i think that chapter two is probably better than chapter one which is saying something because i freaking adore chapter one um Go into this as fresh as you can. Like, please don't, please don't let anyone spoil this for you. Especially on the secret boss. The secret boss is a very esoteric way of, of getting to them. But I'm not going to spoil how you do it. I'm just all I'm going to say is make sure you save before fighting the final story boss because there is a point of no return. And if you pass that, you can't go back and fight the secret boss. How long? How long would you say the game is overall? Like to get to um, the end. I took a break for dinner uh, at one point, but I started playing it at around. 
eight and finished around three thirty in the morning. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty lengthy. Yeah, with with a like hour and a half break for dinner, I'd say it's probably like five hours, five and a half hours. Yeah, that was that was about how long it took me. Like I finished, I started like just after five. I took a brief break for dinner too, and then went back to playing it. And it, I finished around like ten thirty, about so. Yeah, it was it was good though. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, please play it if you're if you're into RPGs. Play this game because it's a good game for everyone. the The writing is as yeah. sharp as ever. I think Toby Fox does. Um, I don't know how to like, describe his, his style of humor, but it's it's irreverent. Witty. I feel like it's incredibly witty without being like vulgar or or crass, and I I think that's really admirable because a lot of writers, especially you know comedy writers, think you need to dip into the well of edginess in order to get a laugh. But this kind of game shows that you can consistently make things absolutely hilarious with nothing but a um jpeg explosion and a splat sound effect oh definitely when i got the first jpeg explosion i i lost it it's it's very like earnestly and like sweetly irreverent and, and i and i absolutely love that about it yeah does it have is there, is, there, is there any is there any uh massive reverb reverb thoughts in this game not in this one but okay. there's there's something almost as good on in in that same ballpark <laughs> okay all right and um, as always, the music is like the, the most banger stuff I've ever heard. There, yeah. The music that first plays when you get to this game's um, like main overworld and the secret yeah. boss music are probably my two favorite tracks in the game, um, but they're all hits. I think I adored the first Delta Run soundtrack. It had really high highs, but there were a couple of tracks that I was like, eh, it was kind of, uh, kind of generic. I don't think that any tracks in, in Chapter 2 are generic. All of them are, are fantastic start to finish. That's cool. Yeah, I think that's the part of the game that I'm probably most excited for, but also like, it's the easiest to avoid as well, <laughs> which is great. Yeah. Um, I'm already dreading seeing a YouTube thumbnail at some point that says Deltarune, uh, Secret Boss, or whatever, and it's just a big epic thumbnail up there, like, otherwise tiny sprite, and I'm just like, Ugh. Deltarune, chapter think, two, um... explain, and it's like a dude doing, like, the Kevin McAllister like, Home Alone <laughs> face, as like, there's like a big old, like, JPEG of, like, a spoiler character. God. Yeah, it's. Oh. I'm so. In, in case people missed it, uh, Toby Fox also put up like a press release last night when this episode went up, and he confirmed that this is the last free episode. From so from now on, we're gonna have to pay for the for the full game. Um, but which is what he said last time as well. <laughs> it's what he said last time as well. FYI, but like he's being firm with it this time. He's like three, four, and five will release all at the same time, but it will cost money and it'll cost more than the Undertale did. So it'll probably be like. In the ballpark of thirty dollars, I would say because yeah, I would. I think fifteen. I would have happily paid fifteen dollars for each of these games. So honestly, yeah. like thirty. If it was like thirty dollars, I mean, even if it was like a full yeah, yeah. like sixty dollars for like chapters three through five, like I would happily pay that. Like these, honestly, it's yeah. great. Like if, if yeah, they did yeah, a yeah. box release for this game, that was like oh, they, they absolutely will. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, if if they did a box if they did a box release that was like, um, yeah chapters one through five and then they added six and seven later on as like a paid update i would be totally fine with that i wouldn't even be surprised if like nintendo were to publish it on switch in japan for example like that that seems like the kind of that's the kind of deal that the undertale and deltarune are at this point you know um (laughs) it's just it's just ridiculous so um i mean i think this one is the i don't know if deltarune launched with a japanese translation already but like this one has um, as, as in chapter one, I don't know if that launched with a Japanese translation, but chapter two has. I am kind of a bit 
salty about the fact that it's only launching on PC, but like, I really hope that the Switch and PS4 versions aren't far behind. I don't think they will be that far behind. Yeah, I think it was so about for, a, couple, a few for months. For comparison's sake, um, Chapter One released on PC in October and then released on Switch in February, so I'm expecting a similar gap for this. I just but... kind of like I'm, 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 I know it's entitled, but I'm just like I feel like at this point, because of the amount of discourse that this 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 game will get immediately upon release, I just think it's. I know that game can run on anything. At like any level of Windows PC, but I don't have a Windows PC. I have a Chromebook. If Android, uh, so I'm just I, I'm just missing out, and it's just a shame. Um, and I, I do wish it was on Switch, but also it's free, so I can't complain that much. Because when it does come out on Switch, I won't be ha- I won't have to pay for it. So uh, at yeah, least it's, also free, it anyway, it's also free so. on on itch.io as well. So if you can somehow get like a, a wrapper on your Chrome to to play, yeah. You know, games like that, wow. that, I think that would work just fine. I, I put up a million muted terms, and I think I'm just going to wait it out. So, we'll see. That's that's fair. That's fair. I am I think the way they're going to do it is I think they're just going to update the episode, the Chapter 1 uh, Switch release with Chapter 2, because um, that's what they did with this one. It It's up on Steam as a demo that includes Chapters 1 and 2, but the Chapter Select screen says there's going to be 7 in total. Interesting. So, and yeah, I'm very much looking forward to playing more of that. Uh, other than that, I haven't honestly been doing a whole lot, um, so let's throw it over to you, Tom. What have you been up to? Where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter, at CordmanHot. Uh, I've been playing I've been playing more WarioWare. Um, that continues to be fun. Speaking of funny games that aren't like, you know... Well, I guess there's a lot of toy humour in that game, <laughs> but, but um, you know, besides that, it's, it is uh, pretty funny on, like, uh, a very sort of Saturday morning cartoon level, let's say. So I, I don't know. It, it, it's it's pleasant, and it's mostly the fun of just like when you play a micro game, like even if it's just one you played before, but it's a higher difficulty, or you know, it, you, there's just a variation of the like success, you know, screen or whatever which you hadn't seen before. The the fun of that game of just like, hey, you do a task, and then suddenly this just random shit flies in your face, and you're just like, okay, I did not expect that to happen. It's just really fun, um, and just some of the expressions and so on. Uh, on the characters and whatever and like the various art styles it's so fun i feel like i've had a much better experience with this because i've been playing it entirely solo and everyone that i've seen that's tried to play it co-op has seems like they've just had a miserable experience with the game which sounds about right because warrior wear co-op you know no i mean if, if everyone you know it's a great way to find out your like soulmate or whatever like the person who literally thinks on exactly the same wavelength you do and has like the exact same reaction times or something but if you because i was thinking oh i might play this with my brother over holiday and then i was thinking well no because then he'll just he won't know any other characters or how to control them it's going to be like a massive learning curve whereas if i just play like some other multiplayer like head-to-head games they're much more straightforward in warrior where there's like various um party games or whatever where they are more like Rather than playing micro games, you're just like basically playing like a weird, like um, uh, weird version of Smash Brothers with all these characters, where you've basically just got like movement and then like an attack button, and that's basically it. So um, yeah, anyway, so that game is really fun though as a single player thing. Um, I'm enjoying the like weekly challenge stuff; that's quite fun. Um, yeah, it's cool. Uh, other than that, I. 
played through... I can't remember if I mentioned this last week. Did I talk all about... Um, did I talk all, at all about uh, Quake last week? Yes. A little bit, yeah, you did. Briefly, yeah. So I played through the rest of the campaigns for that. So there's like the remastered version has the original Quake. It has the two mission packs, which it released back in the day. It has a uh, a mission pack. When I say mission pack, essentially it's like a campaign. So it's like basically the three original campaigns that were released for Quake, including the original one and then the two expansions that were released. Then there was a one which was made in 2016, I want to say for the 20th anniversary of, of Quake, and that was made by Machine Games. Uh, you might know Machine Games as the developers of the Wolfenstein, uh, the more recent Wolfenstein games, um, and they're also working on Indiana Jones now, I guess. But they put together a campaign for Quake at the time. That one's okay. It's called Dimensions of the Past, or Dimension of the Past even, and it's it's pretty good. Um They've included a new one in this version of Quake, and it's worth mentioning that this version of Quake is like a, it's made by Night Dive, who did lots of ports of other games. I think I mentioned that before as well. But this version is essentially like limit removed, so you can do stuff if you were to add, if you were to make add-ons for this Quake game, you could do stuff that you wouldn't have been able to do in the original game because it may have just crashed or like ran like shit. Um, as a result, their expansion that they've made for the 25th anniversary and for this new release which is called Dimension of the Machine, um, is pretty fucking cool. Like, it is one of the better first-person shooter campaigns I've played in a while. It looks very distinctly... Because it's running on Quake and it's using the same models and stuff as well, for the most part, like, it is definitely Quake, but the environmental design and, like, even stuff like the use of lighting and, like, there's there's a sense of scale in this game, which is just you just don't see really in in from the rest of the quake games it's a remarkable amount of the game takes place in broad daylight as well so it's it's just really cool it has this like structure where you're picking out you you decide so it, how quake normally works is that you have four episodes and like episode one to four and you just you know do those one after another um, essentially like you can go to episode four first if you wanted to but it's like you do them in chronological order because the difficulty goes higher. This game gives you six areas to go to. Uh, is it six or four, actually? It's six. Sorry, it's six. Um, it, there's six areas to go to, and you basically pick whatever order you want to do them in. So it's kind of got like a uh, kind of like a Mega Man type, type structure to things. Um, and they're all called like uh, Realm of the Stonemasons, or Realm of the Cultists, or Realm of the Astrologers. So each of the areas has like a theme uh, and the themes are like very distinctly there's no i'm not talking like there's an ice ward or whatever it's not generic in that sense um but it makes for some really startlingly cool imagery that's like been cooked up in 2021 for a game that was released in 1996 <laughs> so that's so, um, that's so cool just, I, I love that yeah, yeah it's, it's it's fantastic and if it's like a pitch of what machine games want to do with quake because there is there has been rumors and stuff about them making their own quake game at some point i don't know if that will come before after or alongside indiana jones um but they have this is a fantastic pitch and it's just it's just fantastic level design um they yeah i would encourage everyone to play it uh, even if I, I think maybe it's available as like a separate like I don't know if they call them wads for Quake, 
like they do for Doom, but regardless, I think it's available as like a separate thing if you already own like the usual version of Quake. If not, get this remaster. It's really, really damn good. I enjoyed it to pieces. So that's my recommendation. Um, other than that, I've not been up to too much. I've just started season three of Sex Education, which I mentioned, think I mentioned on the show before. That's on Netflix now. Um, that's proving to be a lot of uh, a lot of fun. So that's my other thing. But I will leave it there. Uh, Sloan, uh, what are you up to? Where can we find you? You can find me at Sloan Rosette. I also played um, Deltarune Chapter 2 last night. It's a very good game. I Oh, God. I I literally need the rest of it right now. Like, I, I can't wait any longer. Like, the way that, that it ends, I'm just like, please give me the rest. Like, I cannot hand... I mean, like, you know, obviously, like, I can. Like, you know, I don't want Toby to be overworked by any means, you know. He's a... I mean, he does have a lot of people helping him out now, but, you know... A lot of it's done by, you know, just, just one dude, you know, so, but I, I, I need it. I, I, I'm, I'm dehydrated SpongeBob staring at a pitcher of water, but the pitcher of water is Deltarune's chapter three through five. <laughs> Three more years. <laughs> You've got to it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's very good. I, I'm probably going to replay it again because I miss some stuff. So, um, I don't know what, I'll probably do that soon enough, but, um, yeah, that's all I've been up to really is just uh delta rune because it's very good play delta rune buy that soundtrack to to support toby fox for giving us a free five-hour game i absolutely loved that he put on that press release he put out or whatever it is it's basically i think blog post is, is a better way of putting it but he put a note there to say this is free however if you spend the money you would have spent on this on another indie game that's out there that's what he said that, said that oh did he say that, that okay you know, yeah, I'll do that. Given that so many choices right now, <laughs> it's that yeah, is a he, really good thing to put. That dude is like a, such a sweetheart. Like, what's a yeah. what's a what's like a fifteen dollar indie game that I can buy after we finish recording? Uh, Umaragi Generation. I already have that. So okay. Um, yeah, Toem Toem just came out, which is the like okay photography league game or whatever. Apparently, it's fantastic. So that's well, that yeah. I've seen that that just like East, Easters or something. Eastern. East, oh yeah, Eastward, East, yeah. Eastward as well, which East, is like the, Eastward, the yeah. Earthbound Zelda-ish sort of thing, which apparently is good as well. I also you know I also want to check out Fallow because like that's like apparently like a really creepy but cool game. So you know, I'll buy I'll, so I'll buy something. Options. Thank you, Toby Fox, for giving me <laughs> yeah. permission to buy a game. <laughs> so with that, um, we are taking we are going to be taking a, a week off. So uh, not next week, but in the near enough future. We're going to be covering episodes 30 through 32 of Digimon Tamers, and upcoming, we have some very cool stuff. There's going to be some neat lore. Unfortunately, not lore. I'll be talking for 30 minutes straight about uninterrupted, but... Or pro- <laughs> actually, no, fortunately. Let's say fortunately. <laughs> that was that was a fun segment, so don't worry about it. But yeah, more lore. The Wonder Swan segment. Wonder Swan yeah. talk. Swan talk. Swan talk. Hashtag <laughs> yep. swan, swan talk. talk. Hashtag swan we, did a, we did a we did a swan dive into the uh, the history of the Wonder Swan and Digimon games. <laughs> Got him. That's perfect. Let's end it there because we can, we can only go down from there. This has been the <laughs> Novacast, and thank you for listening. Bye bye. Thank you, everyone. Mm-hmm.